I'm Don DeLorente. I'm Dee Dee Janae. I'm Magnum Blonde. And we're the host of the WrestleCast. You can catch us right here on the CSPN each and every Friday as we provide your pro wrestling commentary with color. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Okay, okay, that's enough of that. I am your host for tonight, Roddy Cat, as I am usually most nights. I don't know why I keep saying it like that. But nevertheless, it is I. In fact, it is I alone. You can find me at RoddyCat on Twitter. You can find me at NewsNewsNeed on Twitter. You can also find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Um, so, for the time being, it is just me alone because Agent underscore 70, who you can find at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram is at New York Comic Con, which is going on as we speak. So hopefully he's not trying to break his neck. I'm sure he's not trying to break his neck, trying to get back here for the show because it's not that serious. But nevertheless, like I said, you are stuck with me for the time. Here. So we're going to flip it just a little bit uh, until either he gets here or I get to the point to where it's like, eh, what ifs? Huh. See some folks I know have seen that Joker film, and uh, more power to them. Anyway, also not with us tonight. Uh, one PC and underscore dote, who you can find at that on Twitter. You can also find him at Pop Culture Net on Twitter. You can also find him at uh, excuse me, uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter. If I did not say that, popculturenetwork.com and all of his umbrella sites there in. And, of course, the Osiris of this ish, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8. You can find him at that on Twitter. You can also find him at CBCron, which is the uh, the account for Comic Book Chronicles on Twitter. You can also find him at DClickNation. That's D-K-L-R-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N on Twitter. And of and, um, DClickNation.com, which, yeah, we definitely need to, to throw some stuff on there. Keep saying that. It'll probably come true. And uh, you can also find him, of course, at Comic Book Resources is over there, right in his face off. Go over there, get him some clicks and some and read his stuff. He does some good stuff over there. I'm, I'm proud of him, uh, and and I, and I don't say that facetiously. It's just true. Um, because yeah, he has kind of been writing some good stuff. Uh, so, like I said, you can also find us at CSPN.us. That is the Cole Slither Podcast Network. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us uh, at Google Play, Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, and the Cole Slither Podcast uh, SoundCloud page. Like I said, uh, for the time being, it is just me, or it might be just me tonight. Aren't you lucky? Uh, and uh, like I said, we're going to flip it up and start off with 
the news. And of course, the one thing silly me forgot to do was to um hmm, let me see. Hang on, let me just put it back here real quick. And up at it and stop. There we go. You knew there was something. Boop. So as we do every week, well, when we get to this part anyway, uh we start off with the cinematic news and uh this week we're going to start off with and i know this is <clears throat> this is the big thing of the week for sure and for true and that well actually not this one but the next story but this is kind of along with it uh spider-man sony recreates excuse me sony creates real daily bugle site with more jk simmons so as you know if you have seen uh spider-man far from home and stayed to the end like you should, because what kind of savage doesn't say to an end of a, a Marvel movie at this point? Uh, there are some. I've seen them. Anywho, uh, you have seen one J.K. Simmons, who reprises his role as uh, J. Jonah Jameson, the head of the Daily Bugle. And um, I don't know if it's, uh, I guess it's a spoiler. He, he does some J. Jonah Jameson stuff, including uh, something that, uh, oh, screw it. Uh, hey, spoiler alert. He outs Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Uh, and I don't have the... Picture, 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 picture. There we go. Spoiler bell. Which is kind of like because I've already said it. Nevertheless, they made a whole site where... Um, a whole Daily Bugle site where there is a... You can get some more J.K. Simmons doing, um, doing J. Jonah. Which... Sure, that's kind of cool, but what the real news of the week happens to be from happened, um, I believe, like a day or two later. Uh, in that Disney and Sony striking a deal for one more Spider-Man movie. So, yeah, so now here's the problem with this story. The, the, the problem is, is that a lot of places are spinning it as Spider-Man's back in the MCU, which he is for this one more movie. But this situation is not a permanent situation. This is not a permanent deal. In fact, the, the deal goes pretty much like this. Uh, they basically got one more movie but with um, one more Spider-Man movie that uh, Marvel is basically... Well, their profits, they're not going to get as much as what they did in the original deal, but it's still, you know, basically, I believe it is um, Marvel's getting merchandising and fronting like a third of the cost of the movie. And of course, Sony's getting their cut from it, which Sony still screwed up for the whole thing. And so So we get one more movie at it. Yay. But it's only one more movie and the prospect of Spider-Man showing up. Uh, in another Marvel movie. So that's pretty much that. It's not like he's permanently in the, back in the MCU, like he should be, but he's got one, potentially two more appearances in the MCU. And my theory is, is like, okay, well, my prevailing theory before the next story anyway was that, okay, yeah, sure, they, they let this happen because uh, they don't have their plans in order. Hey, what up, Cap? 
I'm, I'm assuming that's that is you, Cadillac Vice. Yer. Um. <laughs> good to have you with us. Um, I'm actually watching chat now because I'm also waiting for one of my co-hosts. Yep, I knew it was you. What's going on, Cap? I'll be you. But um, anyway, let me finish with this this little story. So yeah, so so the Sony so the Sony Disney deal is still you know it's still not a permanent thing, and you know like I said, we've got one more Spider Man movie and another appearance by him. I'm hoping they get to a chance to do like a permanent you know a more permanent thing. Like this is going to open up the door to a no permanent. I don't hold that hope for them because this is Sony, you know, and they hold on to a vice grip. To their to that license that license specifically, but nevertheless, it is what it is. But the next story going on um, from that is that Sony agreed to Disney's terms unaltered after negotiations went public in a report. So basically, there was the report that, that kind of came out uh, after this went down. In that, well, as it says, like Sony pretty much agreed to what was put on the table, you know, after it was made public. So, which means that potentially, potentially, they might not have taken the deal had not gone properly. Now, again, this is a report. So, you know, you got to have to take it with a grain of salt. Personally, I'm of the mind of like, you know what? Yeah, that probably did happen. Although, if that was the case, when everybody in their grandmother was, was um, screaming from the, from, the, from the Twitter tops, Last, well, a couple of weeks ago, or whenever it was, when we found out that Spider-Man wasn't going to be in, you know, was no longer going to be in the MCU the first time or a, a, a little recently, then you would think that would have been the thing that would have gotten them. And by the way, if there is any questions from from, from the audience, uh, Cap, you know, if you got something, you know, feel free to add them. I get to them. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, you would think that would have been the thing that was going to get them. <laughs> it's just me. And so I, I'm having a hard time believing that it was just that public pressure was the one that made them kind of lean into this. But we come to find out after that, um, well, actually, let me get to this. So Tom, after that, Tom Holland responds to the Marvel Sony Spider-Man deal. Um, and he went to his Instagram <laughs> and as you can see, if you're watching the video, um, which I forgot to mention earlier that, um, we record live Thursday nights, about nine, nine thirty ish PM every Thursday night, uh, unless, you know, movie program or call in as a fact. And the audio for this podcast comes out, should come out a day later, but you know, we're, that is not on our hands, but usually a day or two later it comes out. So anyway, like I said, Tom Holland went to his Instagram and um, <laughs> put this clip from Wolf of Wall Street with uh, Leo DiCaprio in it, and um, which was kind of fitting. I thought it was kind of funny. But regardless of that, what we end up finding out from the next story is that Tom Holland actually helped, had a hand in brokering the deal between Marvel and Sony, apparently. So this came out, uh, what was this, like yesterday, as of this... Um, Recording. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's like I said, apparently from the story, Tom Holland but basically sat, well, basically went to Disney and Sony, 
I guess separately. I'm not sure how that went down or he was, so it's not quite clear about what happened in the meetings, but we do know he met with heads of both and tried to appeal to, to appeal to them to kind of work things out. Um, specifically Sony. Um, so, you know, and apparently something out of that, um, apparently made Sony kind of go with the deal, which, like I said, what, before this came about, like I, said, I was kind of hard for having a hard time to believing that last story about the thing, and we didn't, no one knew what was really going on. So basically, if this was the case, and there's no reason to doubt this, Tom Holland really is a superhero, according to um, some articles that are going on around this. If he was able to kind of twist Sony's stone heart. And I guess Disney's by proxy because uh, yeah, I guess because they, they had to kind of come through whatever this new deal is some kind of way. But I think that deal was already on the table before Sony, you know, agreed to it and Tom Holland coming in, coming in for it. So yeah, like I said, it says it, according to sources, uh, speaking with uh, Hollywood Reporter, Holland began using his clout as an actor's uh, as the actor behind Spider-Man along with his role in Sony's upcoming Uncharted film, which yes, Uncharted is a Sony property if you did not know. Tom is living a life, man. He came through for the right, right. So, and I, and I truly believe, like he, he even said himself, like he was going to play the role one way or the other, you know. So, whatever spurred him to do it, whether it was him or you know whether you know the will of the fans, kind of spurred him onto it or whatever the case may be, you know he, he definitely did do whatever you know. I would love to have heard that conversation though. I wanted to be. I would love to have been a fly on the wall of that conversation. See what happened or those conversations because i don't think it was just one but um so yeah uh and it looks like this happened after d3 because he was he was at d3 d23 which recently happened and after that that's when these talks went happened um it says here he spoke to sony's chairman tom rothman and asked them to try it again with disney and then he went to bob Iger to disney and talked wrapped to him about it. So, however it went down, whatever the conversation was, something happened, and we got Spidey for one more film and another appearance somewhere down the road. So that's awesome. Um, hopefully, like I said, it will it will blossom into something a little more permanent because, like I, as happy as I was to see this happen, I could not get as happy as a lot of people were in thinking like this. He's back for sure. He's back for permanently. And I don't know why I'm waving my hands. Like y'all can see me. Cause you can't, uh, although I could have put, I can't put my camera up, but I will, you know, that's whatever. Um, that's for later though. So yeah, we will see how this, how this pops out. Uh, next up, on the Black Widow movie front, which is still going on, David Harbour celebrates end of shooting with an interesting photo. So Black Widow's David Harbour has uh, commemorated the film's ending shooting by saying but goodbye to his hotel room, amongst other things. So you know David Harbour if you watch Stranger Things. He's on that show. I've never watched it. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. Um, you can see here, if you're watching the video, he's hugging... Um, yeah, man, they still making that movie. Like, like you know, look, a lot of times when when Disney or Disney, aka and uh, Marvel starts making plans for stuff, they, yeah, it's 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 still a go. 
I mean, some fans still want to. Actually, I still kind of want to see it at this point. I feel like it's kind of coming a little late, and a lot of people are kind of feeling that way. But nevertheless, still want to see what that movie is going to be. So, tis what it is on that. You know what I mean? Um, so, if you're watching the video, like I said, you can see um, Harper's Instagram picture. It says, goodbye, long, scraggly, surprisingly soft Walt Whitman beard. Adieu, beige hotel room. Good night, sweet, strange mannequin I never knew what to do with in the corner. Why is there, was there a mannequin in the corner of his room? And where was he staying where there was a mannequin in the in the corner of his room? That's what I want to know. But anyway, and he says, farewell, Alexei, which is the character that he's playing. You big, bold, bright, burly hope of Russia. You complicated, tortured soul. You regard you guardian of the red. It's a wrap. Hashtag Black Widow, Red Guardian. So, yeah, that's that. That movie's still going. Pardon me. And uh, that's that. So, you know, all they got to do is like pro stuff. And that'll be, I don't know when that movie is slated to come out. And I'm pretty sure that, whoops. Eh. Uh, let me see if it actually says here. It probably does. Yeah. May 1st, 2020 is when we're going to see that movie. And I don't know what else is coming out uh, movie wise that year. I know there's some stuff later, later for next year, but that sounds like that might be the first one. So, and you know, judging by what they were saying about well, what we've seen so far from that, like is obviously going to be some past stuff. So I'm kind of curious is this like is it going to be coming off of her funeral, where they're like kind of you know, uh, you know, they're they're talking about her and how will we finally hear about Budapest? Who knows? Uh, anyway, next up, Marvel's Disney Plus series all have feature film budgets, which. This doesn't sound like news, but I guess it is. Like it, it feels like a well, duh. But hey, you know, a lot of like Agents of Shield, you know, is on ABC. Didn't get that, you know, it got a TV budget. So, and being that Disney Plus is a slightly bigger thing, makes sense. They're gonna get Disney uh, bigger money. They got that, got those Scrooge McDuck money bins going on. So why not? So yeah, according to Variety, the budgets will be comparable, quote unquote. Uh, to a Marvel film project, which runs, which typically runs between 100 and 150 million. Um, so, and if, I feel like the way seems like from what I've heard about the way they are filming these things, like they're basically filming these like movies. So that makes kind of sense. Uh, let's see, Kelly Vice in the chat asks, uh, which Marvel show are you most excited for? That's a Good question. Like, um, if I knew for a fact that Falcon and Winter Soldier was going to result in Falcon getting Cap's shield, and it doesn't sound like that's the case, that would probably be that for me. But I'm not sure. Like, there's a couple of strange ones in the mix. Like, I'm like, I didn't really care that much for uh, Jeremy Renner's version of Hawkeye, but I love Hawkeye and the fact that they're going to have Kate Bishop in that show. That one's kind of got me excited. That WandaVision show is the weirdest one of the pack. So I'm kind of weird. So I'm kind of curious to see what that one goes. Uh, Loki. I don't know. I mean, that's, that is what it is on that point, but I think probably Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, probably the must both, must, the the most buzz on my radar. I can't think of the other shows. Like I mean, don't those are the shows out there that I remember off the bat. It's like the what if animated shows and stuff. So like that one, I'm kind of interested about. But I actually like the what if stuff. 
So that is a different thing outside of the live action things that they're doing. Um, so I'm trying to remember if there was another, if there was another one show that I was, um, that I was really interested in. And it's not too long for that stuff because November 12th is, is coming. And if you've got gotten in on the Disney plus deal, um, a while that we talked about a, lot, a while back, you got three years or, you know, you take it month to month. Cause I know that three years commitment, no matter what the price is kind of a hard sell for a lot of people. I understand that, but, um, yeah, like I said, that's that's pretty much how that one rolls so far, you know. Like I said, I would have to look at the list of the other stuff that they have. Um, I kind of wish Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on, but, you know, it's kind of ser- served its purpose, and I still hadn't caught up with uh, that show yet. I, I love that show, but I'm not even going to front. Uh, speaking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. star Ming-Na Wen pays tribute to her stunt double. And if I'm not mistaken, her... Let me see oh yeah okay so in um Ming-Na's instagram post which she does a great instagram which hey, i love Ming-Na. she's dope uh i have not watched cloak and dagger or runaways yet and i've heard good things about both and i know they are doing a crossover of both of those shows because i don't have hulu um but i have said i was like well i will get hulu and catch up on both of those shows possibly before um the disney plus kicks off so I can go ahead and have that stuff out of the way, because like I said, I've had I've heard good stuff about them, and I'm I mean, I'm curious about them. But like I said, since I don't have uh, Hulu and I don't know anybody right off the rip that does have Hulu, that's going to give me their their um their login. Uh, it's kind of hard to do. So, uh, and uh, the deal I got with Disney Plus didn't doesn't give me Hulu. So, and unless I can get in that later, who knows. Uh, but yeah, so Ming Na Wen, uh, who plays Agent Melinda May on Agents of Shield, uh, took to her Instagram of, as folks wants to do and um, threw up a, a throwback photo of her and her her um, stunt person, stunt woman, and uh, it says here under the photo it says. Uh, this photo was taken on the last day of shooting of Agents of Shield because that show is going off the air. Um, I think after this next season. If I'm not mistaken, or the seats, I don't remember how I'm so behind. Oh, I meant to ask, uh, Cap, uh, did you watch Cloak and Dagger? And if so, what'd you think? Uh, but anyway, for this, uh, it says, uh, I had these shirts made as one of my rap gifts for this incredible woman and dear friend. Uh, you can read the rest of that in the show notes, which, uh, if you are watching this at the time of the recording, go to my, um, you can go to my, uh, Twitter and get the show note page off of that. I'll just show notes think off of this. And follow along. So yeah, that was a cute thing to do. I can't remember. Um, yeah. This was not, I don't think this was, because I, I thought I remember hearing about a stunt person that had died and I don't think this is her. So, and I'm not trying to kill nobody arbitrarily, so that, that is even that. Um, so moving right along is Kevin Feige eyeing Brie Larson for his Star Wars movie. So we talked about last week or two that uh there is a possible kevin feige might possibly get a star wars movie um so you know you know the name kevin feige he is the 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 guy who what spearheaded the uh the mcu in the first place so you know i i joked last last time we talked about it it was like you know yeah we're gonna start seeing um in credit scenes 
like we have been in the MCU. So that's going to be a thing. If that happens, I assume he's going to, if he ends up doing for Star Wars, what he did for, for the MCU, which is kind of funny because the last few Star Wars movies, as a, and, and, and I still count myself as a fan of Star Wars, like unlike a bunch of people who are hating on whatever's, um, I will stay into the end of the movie because the MCU had kind of, the MCU taught me. So, you know, um, let's see, but yeah, so if, so it sounds like this kite Feige thing is going to happen. And, um, if so, then, you know, he may be bringing Brie Larson, AKA Captain Marvel, as we know her of recent late, uh, recent, uh, movies, may be in the fold for a Star Wars movie. And I believe she has been said to be a big Star Wars fan. She even held, um, <laughs> um, this is going to sound bad, but she even held, um, Samuel Jackson's lightsaber. It's not a euphemism. She, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, so, okay. Cap says, let's see. Cloak and Decker is kind of a slow burn, but it is expertly directed and it conveys its themes on an elite level. We'll drop more in the discard. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, like I said, I've heard good things. I don't know if you know uh, Derpy. He's all, he's seen it um, and has had some good things about it. Uh, so Cap also says, this, did you like Last Jedi? I really liked it. So, yes, I did. I mean, there were a couple of things about it that were like, eh, okay. But as a whole, as a whole, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I don't see the, there were, like I said, don't, I think the things I didn't like about it was less about the movie itself and more about well particularly one or two portrayals and i don't know just a couple of things that happened um and i guess the plot also kind of not to think about it but i mean even that it's like it is what it is like okay they're getting chased by the empire to empire to slow bop while you know they're going cruising speed just out of range of, but you know that whole thing aside, I'm like, okay, it is what it is. It's, it's got to got to do this thing. Why are these other people doing this other thing? Um, but yeah, like I said, overall, I kind of like it. Like it was beautifully done. I'm not gonna gonna like it for that. Like it's still some questions, and it felt like it was kind of going back over some stuff. But the the thing I did like about it that it the least, like when Force Awakens happened, like it was basically retreading a new hope and while i still liked the movie it was and i understand kind of why they did that like that one kind of put me off but at the same time as as i've said it that movie and those movies these movies kind of sort of haven't been for me uh these are movies for kind of a newer generation and i get that i as a fan i still like them but also recognize the fact that it's like you know what this is these are these are bringing newer people in like i already have my trilogy and i have the prequels and i don't i'm that said i'm not one who hates the prequels like i hate the uh, attack of the clones that one's terrible but the prequels as a whole wasn't bad i will stand by that i'm not going down any hill for it but i <laughs> but i do but i do enjoy the prequels so as a whole because they got us because they did what they were supposed to do they got us from here to there pop so yeah, so we'll keep an eye on this uh, Brie Larson thing. I, I have a feeling that if it does happen, happen, happen to happen, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, and I mean, being that it's Feige, you know, there may be a, a few other people, you know, 
pulled in from the MCU into the fold. I can't imagine uh, Samuel Jackson coming back unless it's like a, a you know, like a flashback or something. Because, or maybe his character ends up being alive, which stranger things have happened in the Star Wars universe. So who knew? Who knows? Uh, speaking of Star Wars, the Knights of Ren have been revealed in the clearest image yet. So they've been talking about the Knights of Ren for th- two movies. We have we've seen flashes of them, and now apparently, uh, in in the Rise of Skywalker, which is still a weird, weird, weird name for a movie. Uh, apparently, we get we may possibly get to see the lights of Ren. You would think that would have happened by now. We've already had two movies, and it's like, why would you wait till the third movie of a trilogy? To kind of do this, I mean, unless it's going to kick off something else, you know, going forward. Because I know we do know they're going to have more Star Wars movies. That's that is an ultimate fact. So we'll see what they're going to do with it. Or I mean, it may be a thing which will be still weirder still. Like, hey, they'll be brought up, but then something happened and they're out of the picture now. But hey, guess what? We brought them up, and maybe there's something, some weird revelation out of there that may. Uh, play into the end of the movie or so or play into the Skywalker legacy. I don't know. Like I said, it's all up in there. I'm just excited for another Star Wars movie, to be honest, and uh, and I'm hoping it sticks to landing. That's the most I could hope for. And there's some news that I didn't uh, grab, but I guess I'll try to get that for later. Because next week is another week. So we keep on going. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, Star Wars Resistance produces confirm an openly gay couple. I have yet to watch Star Wars Resistance. In fact, my DVR just died and I had the Resistance on, on there. So um, I am going to have to find another way to watch them. May have to go through less than reputable spots or wait till Disney. Well, it's going to be on Disney Plus soon, so I can wait till then. I know they're doing another season. So there it is what it is. Um, so apparently this Sunday coming, uh, as of this recording... On the third of no October, happy October for those who, you know, Halloween freaks. Uh, I won't go into <laughs> my latest Twitter tweet about that, but whatever. Um, so this Sunday, Star Wars Resistance will premiere its second and final season on Disney Channel ahead of the series Swan Song. A few members of the cast and crew recently participated in a press event via Entertainment Weekly to uh, to discuss what's in store for the crew. And apparently, um, a couple of side characters, uh, Orca and Flix, the aliens who run the Colossus' Office of Acquisitions, were confirmed as being the first openly gay couple in Star Wars. So, that's dope. Um, like I said, I have never seen... Although... Wait. No, no this, this would be. Cause this was, so, being that I have... This is a comic book uh, podcast, and I'm a Star Wars fan, and I've been reading... Star Wars books off and on, which, by the way, one came out this week. A couple came out this weekend. I didn't got didn't get around to them. So that's a whole nother thing. Um, I try to keep up on the stuff, but I haven't, like I said, gotten around to Resistance. So uh, hopefully soon. Uh, but I have heard, you know, people kind of lukewarm about Resistance going into it, but ended up kind of liking it, but, you know. Style style is definitely different from the other stuff like Rebels. I know there was been a lot of talk about Rebels 
uh, today on Twitter and Rebels was awesome. Clone Wars was really awesome. If you haven't watched it, if you're a Star Wars fan, um, you should watch Clone Wars because it's dope. Uh, Rebels ended up being pretty good. So, um, definitely that. Like I said, I can't really say anything about Resistance until I watch it. So, there's that. Hopefully, we'll get a couple in Resistance. Cool. I'm sure that's not going to be the first door. That, well, they are the first. that won't be the last. I am very much sure going forward. That is not a knock. I'm just saying this is a thing. I mean, hell, it's more reflective of the world we live in. And I'm all for that. So, um, getting away from Star Wars news, uh, some news that broke yesterday, actually. Legendary sex. Uh, Ryan Coogler to produce comic series adaptation of Bitterroot with Zinzi Evans and Sav Ohanian. So if you have never read Bitterroot, uh, Bitterroot is the image comic um, written by um, David F. Walker, Chuck Brown, and art by uh, Sanford Green, hometown hometown folk. You should check that out. It is a good book. I, I say that. I love that book. Uh, so Bitterroot is basically... Um, a book about a family of basically demon hunters back in the 1920s Harlem. And, you know, if that setting says anything to you, yeah, they deal with, they deal with some shit, uh, as well as demons, <laughs> demons, both, 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 uh, supernatural and human. Uh, so yeah. And there, and we've uh, already known that there's going to be a, um, live action, um, Wait, this is live action. Yes, a, a live action film based on the book, and I'm excited to see it. So, you know, like I said, the, that creative team's dope, and and uh, and uh, and I enjoyed the book, and I look forward to seeing more of it. And Ryan Coogler, you know that name because he is the one who um, directed the Black Panther films, the 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 first one and the one that is coming. So, you know, shout out to that dude. You know, doing some stuff. Uh, I don't think no word on any other castings. Um, Evans is Cook. Oh, Zinzi Evans is Kugler's wife. Okay. Well, whatever. Hey, man. <laughs> Nepotism happens regardless. Um, so, yeah. So, that's the thing that's going on. And I'm looking forward to that whenever it happens. So, I hope they do right by that book because the book's dope. Again, check the book out if you're interested in it. Uh, Move right along. Birds of Praise, Ashley Scott will bring Huntress to the Arrowverse crisis. So, yeah, seems like every week we have, you know, a new somebody else is coming to the Arrowverse's crossover and the latest crossover event. <laughs> this is no exception. This is kind of a pull. So if you did not know, back in the 90s, there was a um, show on early CW, I believe it was, I don't know if it was UPN yet or it was just CW. Regardless, the early goings of CW called Birds to Prey. It was, um, it was, um, it was interesting. In fact, if you have DC Universe, that show is out there. It may be some uh, stuff on YouTube about it. The show was, uh, let's say interesting. It was kind of a, I don't want to say bootleg, that's, that's not a nice word, but it was, uh, it was basically, you know, a kind of a bootleg future version of the team, but it's a prey. It was set in kind of a Neo Gotham type of situation. Like I said, it was the budget of the time kind of inferred what it was, but regardless, 
wonder the size of that show is uh, going to be on the latest um, uh, Arrowverse crisis crossover situation thing that is happening in December, which, hey, good on them. It seems like they have been getting everybody in their grandmama for this thing. Like they got, uh, we talked last week about they got a couple of small veal people uh, to be in the thing. Like they got the Superman from Smallville and the Lois Lane from Smallville, you know, from from on that and sure. I mean, like the '90s Flash is in there, which he's been in in the Arrowverse before, so that's not a big, you know, that is a thing, but that's not a big thing. Like people in the grandma, hey, I should pretty much have a, uh, I should be on that thing at this point, you know. Give me a role in the in the crossover. I don't know who I'd play, um, but that's, it is what it is. They're letting everybody else in the grandma uh, get in on that joint. But it is, let us move on. DC's Ryan Choi slash Adam cast for Crisis on Infinite Earths, as according to this report. So, yeah, apparently they found um, someone to play the alternate Adam, uh, Ryan Choi, for Crisis on Infinite Earths. As uh, folks who know about, watch those ever shows, uh, Brandon Routh plays the Adam on the show or has been up until I guess fairly recently. Cause I think he's uh, no longer on the show or about to not be on the show anymore. Legends of tomorrow. Um, so yeah, they, they pulled in another Adam. So cool. I have not caught up on the last crossover event from last year. So yeah, I need to do that before this one happens. In fact, again, my, my uh, DVR blew up. Uh, not blew up, but um, had an issue yesterday, so all of those are gone. But I think a lot of that stuff is on Netflix, so I can very, at least catch up on that stuff, or at least the last season stuff. Um, and I just have to wait for this season to get put on there. Uh, speaking of Brandon Routh, uh, shows off Brandon Routh shows off Kingdom Come Superman look for Crisis of Infinite Earths. So you can see here, there's a picture of him. You know. And this is this is kind of funny because it's kind of funny, but it's also cool because you know, as we know, uh, Brandon Routh played big screen Superman before. Some people don't like his Superman. I've never seen Superman Returns. Go figure. One of these days, I get around to it. But yeah, as you can see here, if you're watching the video, you, here's uh, the picture of him in um, his alternate super uh, Superman tidies. Um, and it's gonna be a, a change of place on the the crossover. So. Cool oh yeah and i guess yeah he is still playing ray palmer the adam in the crossover so he's doing double duty which i do remember the last uh, crossover i did see that when supergirl ended up being first uh, appearing on the crossover um there was of course that reference to um uh her looking like his cousin which ha 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 so i i like stuff like that it's kind of funny but sometimes i can overdo it anyway Smallville and Arrowverse Superman actors unite in cross crisis crossover photo. So, like what I said earlier, is um, Tom Rowling, Erica Durant's, um Wait, I'm sorry, but about Bob, Tom Rowling and Elizabeth Tulloch, and uh, Tyler Hochin, who plays Superman on Supergirl right now, uh, from left to, from left to right is Tyler, uh, you know, Tyler Rowling. I mean Todd Rowling, um, Elizabeth Tulloch, who plays. Uh, Lois, I believe, on Supergirl, and and again, like I said, Tyler Holton, Holton, uh, who plays Supergirl, Superman on Supergirl right now. Again, haven't caught up on that stuff yet, so I hadn't seen her come in yet from the last time I saw. So yeah, 
they I guess they took time off to uh, do a little behind the scenes shot uh, from filming the crossover situation. So that's cool. Two Supergirls and a Lois. That's you know, I'm sure there's some point to start off that way. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Stephen Amell reacts to Crisis crossover with Tony Stark in-game homage, written by our very own Tim. What up, Tim? If you're out there. Uh, so yeah, uh, apparently someone took to the photoshops and photoshopped Stephen Amell, who plays Green Arrow, who, if you did not know that already, um, who looks like he had put out a picture on his Instagram, like last week of him, you know, all bruised up and bloody, you know, I guess, you know, uh, while he was playing his part in the crossover during filming, and he took a picture, you know, behind the scenes like that. And somebody took to photo, uh, Photoshop and Photoshopped his face in with Tony Stark's um, Stark gauntlet from Endgame. And he reacts to it, apparently. And he basically says, uh, there's no easy days on the crossover. So. he's He seems, I guess, like a right nature fella. He's the brand, seemed like the also the brand manager for the, for the Arrowverse at this point. Which his time is about to come to an end because I know he's leaving Green Arrow and Green Arrow's, I mean, and Arrow's about to go off there anyway. So, cool. Sounds like uh, from rumors of it, like he may, there may be more, um, more in common with him in that picture than is implied if rumors are to led to be true. You know, sounds like a, um, yeah. Oh, the um, Green Arrow and Tony may have may be meeting a similar fate. Let's just say, if the rumors are to be true, we'll find out. I guess at some point. I mean, that stuff kind of been out there for a minute, so yeah. Uh, going over to the Batwoman front, Ruby Rose faced emergency surgery paralysis after stunt injury. I didn't realize Tim wrote this one also, but yeah, Batwoman star Ruby Rose revealed that she was almost left paralyzed after suffering stunt injury, um, which required uh, emergency surgery. So sounds like she might be doing better, but yeah, she kind of went through it after that. Uh, it says to. Okay. Sorry, folks. Just got a, a message from uh, one of my co-hosts. Sorry about this. Yeah. So anyway, um, she says, um, let's see, what was this? So again, Instagram, she took to her Instagram account and said, um, to everyone asking about my new Pez dispenser scar on my neck. A couple of months ago, I was told I needed emergency surgery or I would risk becoming paralyzed. I had herniated two discs during stunts. And they were close to severing my spinal cord. I was in chronic pain and yet couldn't feel my arms. Ah, ah, ah. So yeah, man, hey man, doing doing your own stunts is some rough business. So um, hopefully, you know, hope people appreciate what she's going through to uh, for the craft. That's all I can say. So and if you're watching the video, you can see uh, from her Instagram of her on the table and a. Doctor looks strangely kind of like Stephen Amell, weirdly enough. Um, she also said some other stuff I'm not going to get into into that, but you can go check that out, which is kind of funny. Um, even though she's was, you know, laid up in the way that she was. So, 
speedy recovery to her. And like I said, Batwoman is coming out at some point, so hopefully, like I said, that all pans out and people appreciate it. Uh, on to m- some movie news. Um, I don't know if, if uh, people have seen this. I'm sure it's been out there. I know. Uh, Birds of Prey trailer unveils Margot Robbie's emancipated Harley Quinn. So, yeah, there's a new trailer for that long as named Birds of Prey movie with Harley Quinn. Uh, and boy, does it have a lot of Harley Quinn in it. I mean, kind of makes sense. She's the producer of it and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of her baby. So I know, uh, on a, a friend's discord, shout out to dip gaming. Uh, you know, we kind of chatted about that, uh, on, on the channel. So, I mean, it's, it's um it's a decent looking trailer. I don't know. Like a Birds of Prey movie, I was down for it regardless, but if they're just going to, you know, if they're just going to make it just about Harley, they kind of already done that with Su- Suicide Squad to to a point. So and there's going to be another Suicide Squad movie, so I don't know why they would need to do it again, but at the same time, you know, hey, it's Birds of Prey, so and if you don't know about Birds of Prey, it's basically um, it's a that girl, uh, a huntress, and um, Black Canary who did a team for DC. You know, who had a who had a, a book for DC, and uh, we said last week that there's also a rumor that they're doing a Birds of Prey show, which is not directly, which is not tied to this. That might be coming off from the Arrowverse stuff. They've already done a version of Birds of Prey in Arrow, if I'm not mistaken, uh, sometimes this season, which, again, I have not seen. So it's quite possible that's a thing that is coming along the line, which will be the second Birds of Prey show, which is kind of funny. And this movie's coming along. So, yeah, if you haven't had a chance to check out that uh, trailer, you should do so. It's um, really interesting. That's a, that's the shot they, they took for the um, thing. So, it is what it is. Um, let's see. Next up, uh, on the DC Universe front, Dick Grayson's move to "quote unquote" be Batman may have sinister consequences, and this is for the TV show Titans. Which, if you, um, well, I mean, if you don't have DC Universe, then you probably have not seen it. But I mean, it's not a bad show. I still need to catch up on that one. Also, if you notice there's a theme right now, then hey, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I have caught up on Young Justice, so I'm leaving one up on that part. Um, anyway, so this is, apparently is a spoiler for a recent episode called uh, called Aqualad, which apparently Aqualad uh, joins the show um, on here. And uh, apparently Don... Uh, it says here when Don Granger employed uh, implored Dick Grayson in the Titans season two trailer to be Batman, many fans assumed it would foreshadow his inevitable transformation into Nightwing, which would make sense because yeah, that's the next step for Dick Grayson's Robin become Nightwing, and we know it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, because if they got a show called Titans and and he's like the head Robin or whatever, and there's another Robin that always already appeared on the show. Nightwing is bound to happen. Doubt if we're going to get Disco Nightwing, but that's a whole another story. Nevertheless, um, and that show was a little dark, by the way, if you haven't seen it. And so he, he kind of already sort of was Batman in a way. Like he was just beating folks down bloody and 
there's the infamous fuck Batman uh, thing where what he said. So that was also a kind of funny thing in the first episode. So, yeah. I'm not caught up with the show. Hope too soon. Uh, more Titans news. Deathstroke blames spoiler for his murderous plans. So apparently, yeah, Deathstroke's going to be in this uh, second season. And, uh, you know, if you know anything about the history between Deathstroke and the Titan, then you know, of course, there's some there's some uh, some bad blood between them. There's even a, um, a classic Teen Titans uh, comic book arc that I'm sure they're probably going to touch upon. And also that Young Justice kind of touched upon uh, this last season. So yeah, apparently Deathstroke uh, in his uh, coming into the Titans universe uh, has got to actually grind against Dick Grayson as well as the rest of the young team. What that will be, if um, if um, if we're going by you know classic comics, comic sense, it's probably going to have something to do with uh, one of his children. Just just a hunch, just a hunch. So, yeah. But stay tuned for that and see how that pans out. Um, Speaking of more Titans news, Titans poster reveals Raven's first costume. So, let's see. So, yeah, here you go. You can see here, if you're watching the video, there's a new poster for the season two, and you can see the gathered Titans, including Superboy, Hawk and Dove, and the the Wonder Girl and the rest of the crew. Um near what looks like to be the, the Golden Gate Bridge facing off against um, Deathstroke. If this is indeed the actual poster, I'm assuming this is, but I mean, it's coming off of Reddit, so you kind of kind of take that for <laughs> for what it is. Um, but yeah, if that is indeed it, then you, know, you can see, I guess part of what she's her costume is going to look like which kind of if from what i've seen so far it looks like what she's been wearing i don't know um so go figure i mean there's another picture up here up top of her and something but again it kind of looks like stuff she's already been wearing on the show uh but hey move right along ursula corbero is the baroness in the gi joe spinoff movie snake eyes yes they are still doing that snake eyes movie folks um and we have a baroness now, I, I like me some G.I. Joe. Love me some G.I. Joe. I love me some Baroness. That that, that kind of goes into another territory. We don't need to get into it here. On this. I would say this is a family show, but it kind of is and kind of isn't. Uh, nevertheless, I don't know who this young lady is, uh, but apparently it says she uh, is best known for a leading role in a series. Uh, Oh, so apparently she was in some um, some Spanish series called La Casa de Papel. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. That Netflix bought uh, under the name of Money Heist, and she's she's done a couple other things. So, and if you're watching the video, you can see a picture of the young lady. I guess assuming from that series. I don't know. Maybe I'll go and check um, check out that series on on uh, Netflix. A weirdly a lot of uh, telenovelas on there. I'm kind of into it though, but just yeah, just Netflix kind of hitting all markets. Weirdly enough, they need to do a little bit better on the anime front. But hey, we'll we'll yeah yeah, that's a whole other thing. 
Stumptown debuts with second highest uh, series premiere ratings this season. So if you did not know this past, um, wait, yeah, this past um, Wednesday, or actually, excuse me, last Wednesday, not this past Wednesday, I believe, was the premiere of Stumptown, which is uh, based off of a comic book or a graphic novel, if you will. Uh, it is starring uh, Colby Smulders, who, if you know from this MCU, is uh, Maria Hill in the Marvel movies. You also may know her from, from How I Met Your Mother, um, which was a weird transition f- for me to see from her, from going from that to being Maria Hill, but she worked it out. Um, yeah, so Stumptown ha- happened and uh, apparently had some good numbers both live and DVR. So that's good. Uh, if you are on, actually, I'm pull this up real quick. So nobody's, if you are on, um, boop, voodoo, the, I guess the, the Walmart service that you can buy, uh, you know, digital, or that you can redeem your digital uh, copy. If you're still the one of the ones, kind of like me, that sometimes still gets physical media, you can redeem uh, codes to get your physical, you know, get a digital version of your movie. You can also go to movie anywhere for that also, so you don't necessarily have to do it from here, but I'm saying. But nevertheless, if you are on Voodoo, there is, um, they do have the first episode of Stumptown on there for you to watch. Sometimes they do that for stuff like that. So if you're interested in that show and didn't catch it on, um, TV, then you can watch it there. I heard decent things. It basically seems like to me Jessica Jones, but without powers. And that's going off of what little I have seen about it. Um, but I mean, you know, they, the cast looks all right. You got Mikey Lee, Lee up in that on the spot. Catherine, Catherine uh, Mannheim, um, uh, Jake Johnson, I believe that is. Yes, um, Peter H. Peter H. Um, Parker or Peter B. Parker, excuse me, and also from New Girl, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I believe that is him. So yeah, the cast looks all right, and then I don't know some could be all right. I don't know anything about the the comic it's set off of, so go figure on that one. Um, but in some sad news, Rob Garrison, the man who said Karate Kid's best line, has died. So, yeah, that happened uh, this past Saturday. Uh, Rob Garrison, who was 59, is best known to Karate Kid fans as the dude who got the absolute best line, according to uh, I, um, io9. Anyway, yes, even better than any of Miyagi's. He's the kid, a member of Cobra Kai, who cheered on his buddy Johnny with the immortal line, Yeah, get him a body bag! We all, I actually do remember that line, so I'm not even going to front. That was, that was pretty funny at the time. Um, and apparently he also appeared in the YouTube, uh, show Cobra Kai, which is the continuation of, uh, the Karate Kid stuff uh, where he played the same character all grown up. And apparently, um, they, they, um, they kind of tied in, I guess his real life with, um, with his character story where, cause apparently uh, he, when he was on the show, he was uh, dying of cancer and I believe that is actually what he died of. Oh no, I say yeah, I say. Um, well, 
Garrison's death, first reported by TMZ, occurred Friday morning. He died in a hospital in West Virginia where he was being treated for ongoing kidney and liver uh, issues. So he had survived by a brother. So maybe not, sorry, not cancer, but nevertheless, he was having some health issues and uh, I mean, it may still be, you know, uh, from cancer, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, but um, condolences to his family uh, for that. Um, the Banana Splits movie trailer brings the horror to sci-fi. So, yeah, I, we've talked about this before. The Banana Splits, you know, that old uh, early, late 60s, early 70s live action to cartoon comic, uh, the, the show that Hanna-Barbera did. I don't know. Again, every time I've said this, I have no idea. Ooh, oh, wait a minute. Looks like one Agent 70 is uh, popped into the room. Agent 7, are you there? I am here! All right. I am here! Ladies and gentlemen, Agent 70 has joined me, and I've already given his credentials at the top of the show, so we ain't got to go back on that. He has just joined us fresh from uh, New York Day Comic one. Con. Yeah, day yeah. one of, of New York Comic Con. And uh, we will get to, actually that in a minute but let me finish up We're, i'm just actually almost finishing up the um the uh cinematic news so you kind of came oh, in a pretty good okay. time uh and like i was saying uh, so yeah there's a banana splits movie trailer i don't know who asked for this but it sounds like they're doing a five nights of phrase type thing which we've already said this in the past when this when this was first announced and again i will say i don't know who in the world unless you're of a certain vintage speaking of agent 70 who would say something <laughs> along those lines would know of the banana splits like you we barely me. knew it and we are of the vintage we are barely of the vintage we barely know who the, the banana splits are you got me so it's, this was kind of something out of nowhere but at the same time Five Nights at Freddy's being a thing I guess that, that there is a clear tie somewhere about that, but it still doesn't track all the way through but whatever it is what it is there's a trailer out there if you want to check it out I haven't yet I'm not a real big horror fan anyway, but I'm kind of curious as the treatment of this. Um, but yeah. And I, yeah, it sounds like they're doing a video game, uh, another Five Nights at Freddy's type game uh, surrounding this movie and the Banana Split. So sure, why not? Uh, next up, um, and uh, yeah, last for the for the uh, cinematic news, The Walking Dead producer... Uh, may soon own 50% of the Terminator franchise. Oh, you're in the spillover. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, apparently, um, Gail Ann Hurd, who is a co-creator and producer on The Walking Dead, um, let's see, this is another one that's for six years, the ownership of the sci-fi franchise may soon be changing hands following a recent legal action by producer and co-creator Gail Ann Hurd. Uh, Heard has motioned to terminate a 35-year-old copyright grant she and co-creator James Cameron made in 1984 with the release of the original film, which would effectively give Heard 50% ownership of the franchise, sharing the rights with Cameron. So, that's interesting. I guess. Okay. There's someone in the chat shouting out Jesus and Miro. Um, wait, who's that? Someone in the chat. 
Oh, you took my cap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, some, you're Yeah, you know, this is, that's sometimes that's yeah, I know the dude. That's my boy. He, okay. <laughs> you com- keeping you company when uh when I, while I'm at uh New York Comic Con. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's- shout out to shout out to Cop Vice, which that, you know, yeah. That's it's a um Twitch slash Discord uh homeboy. So he's he's cool people. All right. But yeah, so that's um so yeah, um I guess let me see, let me see. Uh Dark Fate Studio Skydance Media acquired the Terminator license in twenty eleven with a competitive build of twenty million after the commercial underperformance of two thousand nine's Terminator Salvation Salvation. <laughs> sure. If Herd's motion is successful, Skydance will lose the rights to the Terminator franchise in November 2020 unless it's able to negotiate an extension to the extension to extend uh, existing license. So this is not quite Sony Disney, but um, I guess it's something. Mm -hmm. How did it get that far? We don't know, I guess, which is weird because it kind of kind of. It, I don't know. I, I, you are more legally versed than I am on this, but you know, I, I kind of wonder I, if this wasn't a, a wasn't a, a plot. I have to look a little bit closer. Yeah, no, yeah, you got to put a little bit of research. research uh, into it, but. but, uh, but yeah, it's you know, I, I just have to look a little closer at it and see what's going on. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, is that the last of the? Is that the last of the uh, cinematic? News? That is the last of the cinematic news. So yeah. I just wanted to touch on a couple of stories um, that kind of intertwine with my uh, experience tonight at New York Comic Con. Well, in that case, um, let me go ahead and do this. Oh, there we go. Put you in frame. Oh, okay. So uh, what I wanted to mention is uh, a couple things. One, I ran into both David F. Walker and Sanford Green. Oh, good. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, I was just scrolling. Right. I was just scrolling up the news to to see where it was because that literally dropped, what, earlier today? Um, Uh, Today or yesterday, I believe. Yeah. And I had a chance to congratulate the both of them, but I did not get to the con early enough to really speak at length with both of them. There, uh, Sanford Green was coming off of a panel yeah. when I saw him at around, let's say it's you know like closer to six p.m. And uh, I said I'd, I'll just catch up with him tomorrow. Mm. And uh, I saw David F. Walker; but he was in the middle of speaking to someone, so. Um, I just said congratulations. I'll talk tomorrow, and I have my copies of uh, the Bitterroot Limited series with me, so um, I'll have to get them to autograph that um, when I see them tomorrow. Mm. That's cool. Um, the second thing I wanted to just touch on is I wanted to see if yes, you do have a story about how Tom Holland himself yeah we talked about was... the Spider Man yeah I talked about that um, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. He actually said, "Hey." Mom and dad, <laughs> stop fighting! Stop fighting! But yeah, so I don't. So you saw the one right before that, to where um, the news right before that, that one saying that there was a rumor. Well, there was a report that saying that basically Sony, you know, bent to public pressure because the news of the deal got out there. And I and, and I'm fairly certain I I said so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people said so. I was like, wait, this is a public relations nightmare for right. Sony. But, Sony. But, well, so, but I still go back and say, like I said earlier, you know, it was like, well, if that was the case, why didn't it happen at the first, first, uh, when the, the first public outcry of this, but which we'll never know. But at the same time, we come to find out that it sounds like Tom Holland spider his way, Spider-Man his way in and, right. and save the day. 
Right, and said, hey. <laughs> like, look. Now, I'm still, like I said earlier, you know, it's, I still wish it to be a more permanent deal, but, you know, this is what we got right now. Until Sony Pictures gets bought out, that's all. <laughs> that's going to be that's the not, That is not going to happen. So, so, this is not going to waste that kind of money on, on Sony. That'd be some funny shit, but that's, <laughs> that's know, not going to happen. Like the last straw. Yeah, so. that's that's a nuclear option right there. I mean, you I know. don't, you know, I can't. I see. mean, it's not opposed flex. to it. I'm sure, but yeah, exactly. Funk flex. Yeah, really. Like, oh, by the way, yoink. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Anyway, so that is the. Uh, is there any more um, cinematic news that you wanted to touch on, or no? Just, just that. J- just because I, I literally saw the creators behind, or two out of three creators be- from uh, behind uh, Bitterroot today. I wanted to touch on that. I think yeah, I think Chuck Brown was there. I don't know if he was. Might not have been around when you when you know when you ran into either one of. Them. Well, the, which one call it? David F. Walker and Sanford Green are tabled next to each other, right? So, I haven't met right. I haven't met the third, yeah. so I'll just have to see tomorrow um, when I get there Saturday or Sunday. I might, you know, I've got a four day pass, luckily, mm. so I can space out um, my 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 um, my uh, my appointments and my 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 uh, my travel. So yeah, it's actually sure. coming so, in. Yeah, this is. First year, I'm going to make real use of the four day pass. I got there on the earlier side, like in the mid afternoon mm. today, and I'm probably going to be doing the same tomorrow. And I was definitely able to get to some creators uh, that I wanted autographs from. Like I actually saw Mark Silvestri for the first time and got his autograph on some old school Uncanny X Men. Nice. And it was just a great, you know, today was, you know, pretty productive in terms of stuff I wanted to see and get signed. So. Uh, oh, and by the way, you know, uh, Roddy Cat loves to talk smack about how I'm collecting the Black Cat uh, series because of the J. Scott Campbell <laughs> covers. And wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know, know J. Scott was there, yeah. That J. Scott Campbell was there, and the first autograph was free. So, huh. of course, I pulled out one solitary item. For J. Scott Campbell to autograph. Let me guess that first issue. Exactly. And I'm going to bring, <laughs> I'm probably going to bring another one tomorrow. Or actually, no, he's not signing tomorrow. He's going to be signing on Saturday. So I'm going to locate, um, there, I'm going to there. locate uh, him on uh, Saturday and uh, blot out with the blue paint signature. Wow. You really did scroll on it. Yep. 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 <laughs> So that's it. That's my black cat number one. And I'm torn about getting a print. Um, it's the Le Chat Noir. Have you, I don't know if you've seen that I art. I've seen it, yeah. Right. And, uh, I, you know, there, there's, a, there's, there's a, a couple of pieces that I've, I, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, picking up tomorrow or, you know, over the course of the, the con. So sure, but sure. just wanted to point that out. Um, it's also Black Cat. The issue this week is, is one of the only books I read. I only oh, great. Well, this five, is going to go so. fast for you then. Yeah. So, um, um we're well, gonna hey, so you want to you want to talk to well, you want to talk a little bit more about your first day. You want to wait to do a full wrap up next week. I'll do a full wrap up. I just wanted to touch on you know uh, seeing Sanford Green and uh, David F. Walker today. Yeah. Um, it was really uh, a lot of um, you know catching up with old friends and just hitting um, a couple of important uh, signatures that I needed to get. And um, you know, I'll be. Uh, spacing out what I do over the the course of the four days, so I'll have plenty to talk about um, over the next several days. Uh, you know, I'll I'll have plenty to talk about next week 
Um, I'm sure and as news, yeah, and as more news comes out from that show, there will be very much blended to talk about if, if it exactly goes. So, okay, cool. So I was going to ask at the very least, did you see uh, Matt or um, your other friend? I did not. Uh, uh, I did not see either one, although we were all in text message contact uh, because we were just spread out. And um, when I got there, uh, Matt had been there since earlier in the day. I was surprised he had gotten there so early. Right. Uh, um, and uh, I guess he had to get back to the office. Mm. Um, he, uh, you know, still dressed to go to work. Um, cool. you know, and I think that's where he was going afterwards. What I was going to add, though, is um, I missed seeing um, author Crystal Velasquez. But uh, we should be in contact tomorrow at the con. Same with Matt. And, uh, you know, and, and I've seen lots of, you know, lots of people like my boy, um, Oren, who, uh, oh, yeah, I who, met him. who Roddy Cat himself met mm-hmm. at, um, was it Heroes he was or Dragon? Kind of, no, he was kind of, yeah. At Heroes. So, um, you know, I ran into him today. Uh, he was cosplaying as Captain America. It was pretty cool. Nice. Oh, did um, you get any pictures? I got a few. Got a few. I didn't get a chance to take too many. The weather up here was on the foul side. It mm. was uh, cool and rainy. So I think the cosplay was toned down a bit. I think uh, the rest of the week and the weekend is supposed to be sunny. So we'll see a lot more cosplay between now and the end of the show. Especially, you know, Thursday is always kind of a weird day. Right. New York, Being Comic, the first Con day. Is, right. New York Comic Con is officially a four-day show, though, because it was pretty crowded. Wait, because there's uh, still the preview day on Wednesday, right? Did they move the preview day on Wednesday, or is Thursday still the preview Oh, There's the not much day. of a preview day anymore. Okay. Like Wednesday is just a setup day now. Sure. Um, some years they have like book con stuff. Um, they had some book, you know, like a literary uh, guests this year, but uh, you know because I think Frank Miller's listed as a literary guest this year, and um, uh, that you know that's some of that stuff happens Wednesday, mm-hmm. and but if I'm not mistaken, it sort of flowed right into New York Comic Con this year. An anime con starts tomorrow. Right. Gotcha. So. Okay, cool. Well, more on that next week. Uh, for right now, we're going to get back to the comic book news. Comic book news. Oh, wait. All right. I got Let's see here. So the Transformers stories first. We're going there that. you go. Um. Yes. So I'll, I'll go ahead and do this one. Uh, because, so... In our ongoing, I don't know what to call it. I mean, obviously this is a tour corner, but it's the whole this whole Transformers thing where there's just absorbently pricey. Now, granted, this one it makes sense because it's Omega Supreme is up for um for pre order as of this moment. It is 160 bucks. Now, if you know who Omega Supreme is, he is one of the Titans, the big Jokers. So, of course, he's going to be a little bit more on the pricey side. Um, but we have also seen, you know, Unicron be, you know, probably triple the amount. But nevertheless, yeah. You know, so to the, but, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of lost the word because the Mogul Supreme is kind of one of those ones I, I would want. But at the same time, like, yeah, that's a lot of money for me right at, right at this point. But it's not as bad as that Unicron. Right. Right, that uh, Unicron is disgustingly yeah, expensive. But what can you do? Ridiculous. If you're into it, you're into it. Yeah, basically. And I would want the Unicron, but at the same time, I ain't paying six hundred or whatever, six hundred whatever odd bucks for it. So, like I said, um, 
if but if you're a Transformers fan and you want your uh, an Armageddon Supreme and you don't already have one, hey, guess what? There's one coming out uh, this month, sometime this month, and you can go ahead and pre-order from some places. We're not gonna, you know, we don't we're not sponsored by any of these places. Sure, but hey, when they come out, we just show them anyway. So next sure. up. Next up, every Star Wars toy has been announced for Force Friday. So Lucasfilm announced all the toys and products that uh, you'll be able to purchase on Force Friday next week. Mm-hmm. There's Which is tomorrow. Figures. Oh, is it this? Oh, so that ends up being tomorrow? Mm-hmm. All right. So there are action figures and collectibles, socks and underwear. And, you know, those are for the true Star Wars fans. So, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, pop figures and... Uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, be prepared to uh, drop some ducats tomorrow. Yes, because a lot of stuff hits stores and, you know, and I know there are some uh, Star Wars fans kind of chomping out a bit. So usually uh, they would have like a live stream. And I think that was last week or so, or or maybe they're going to have it tomorrow. I can't remember because usually Force Fridays is when they would have a big live stream and they would show all the stuff. Uh, it's almost like... Um, um, like back in the day when we were young and they would have that show uh, the week before the new cartoons come out for the season, sh- showcasing all the new cartoons on the network, it kind of feels like that in a way. Um, I miss those days. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, but nevertheless, like I said, all the new Star Wars merch coming out that all gets shown, and yeah, like I said, tomorrow, um, you'll be able to buy this stuff if you wanna. Hey, if you really needed that Star Wars theme mouse pad, um, and you know, you do, I'm trying to figure out is this. This person with the this uh, lady with the bow and that, I feel like I know that person. I don't know who, uh, or I should know who that is, but I don't. But regardless, that's not, that's not what you, that's not um, Solo's wife, is it? Oh, Sana? No, yeah. no, no. Uh, I, man, if they did have a Sana uh, Star Wars uh, figure, I'd, I'd grab it. But no, I think this is either this is not Val, or this might be that lady that sits at the um, Galaxy's Edge thing. Okay. At, at the same time, I'm not sure. I I feel like a bad Star Wars fan for that. Or she could be in a new movie. I think she might. Yeah, that might be that lady from the new movie. Actually, I, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm simply a mediocre Star Wars fan. I'm a fan of way too many things. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being a fan of things. But anyway, yeah. moving right along. Um, Marvel's Avengers updates. Thor is looked in response to criticism. So this is for the video game Marvel's Avengers that that is a crystal dynamic is doing that uh, it's it's coming out. So yeah. And I know people were not liking the overall looks of, of any of the characters, but apparently they must've had some issues with Thor's for some odd reason. So they changed it to look more. He looks actually in this picture, looks more like kind of a pseudo Hemsworth, not necessarily just like Sam's worth, but you know, somewhat. So they and he looks less thicker than he did uh, previously. They don't in, the, to... in the previous figure model, yeah. Previous figure model, because okay. mm-hmm, he was looking a little bit thicker. So I guess they thinned him up. So and I guess I, maybe some people were saying he was looking like Bro Thor from um from Endgame or something, or or Fat okay. Thor. Some of us, uh, some of us like to call them. I don't know. Okay. So I don't know. I don't, I, I usually kind of hate when. Yeah, according to this, is like Thor was shown with a lanky shoulder length locks that made him look more like Jeff Bridges and Little Big Lebowski. So yeah, basically, you know, like he did in in Endgame, I guess. 
So this is I, I kind of hate when things like this happen because it's like okay, well if they're gonna you know bend for this, you know like what else are they gonna bend for? But at the same time, I mean it's not. I don't think it's. Hopefully it doesn't end up being that big of a deal either way. I don't know because it's still different from a classic Thor look, regardless. And it's definitely not gonna look like you know like what people think he should look like. You know, because like I said, they've been said, the Marvel game said, it's like, yeah, they're going with different looks and different, like, like they did with the Spider-Man stuff. We've been through it all this over, so we don't have to go back off of it all again. again. So it's going to be a different look, but it's still going to be the characters. And so it is what it is on that. So yeah, there it is. Um, we still, I think, wait, that's coming, yeah, May 15th, 2020. Uh, so, you know, closer to the time comes, we'll see a little bit more how that goes. Next. All right, fresh out of New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. um, a mobile game called Realm of Champions was revealed today um, uh, to be coming to mobile platforms near you. Um, it's going. It's um, it's a real time RPG game telling an original story loosely based on the Secret Wars. That's the Hickman Secret Wars taking right. place on a on a planet called Battleworld run by houses with a shaky alliances. I'm looking at the, the graphic uh, for the video, um, the, the still uh, photo, and I love the fact that the armored Thor from the Simonson run is up there. Holy mm. cow, the golden armor when when Thor was a bunch of goo. <laughs> right. Literally a bunch of goo that Hela had cursed um, to not be able to die. So basically, I saw... So I, I pulled this earlier because I was, I was uh, shout out to my boy Derpy who uh, who put me onto this. Um, I pulled this article and there's a trailer attached to it. It looks more like, especially if you look at that, that still picture, it looks more like Secret Warps than Secret Wars. But they did specifically say Secret Wars come it's a storyline. So because even in the trailer that is that is attached, you can basically customize your character mm-hmm. to kind of have a different look. So you could be kind of like what the in the door you're talking about, or it could be some version of Ghost Spider with arm cannons and Right. Very dead shot looking. Yes, exactly. And and um I guess, I don't know if that's Shuri as Doctor Strange or whoever it is, but yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Or that, I mean, obviously, it's just... Regardless, there's things. So, uh, there is no gameplay that was in that trailer also. It just shows that you can kind of customize your character, and there was some voiceover on top of it. Um, so, we still don't necessarily know too much about what the gameplay is about, outside of what it says here. I'm kind of hoping that there was a... Uh, that is is more like uh, there was this old mobile game or slash uh, flash game that was on Facebook also called um, uh, Avengers Alliance. I'm kind of hoping it's kind of more like that. Then there's a mobile that's coming out. Uh, 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 the, the, whose name escapes me, but I'm hoping it's, it's more like less than less the mobile than more. Of those. Now, granted. Um, Realm of Champions kind of sounds like Constance of Champs, which some people are saying, hey, isn't this that? I'm like, uh, probably not. Sort of. Yeah, you know, yes and no. But, but we don't, yeah. like I said, we haven't seen the gameplay, so we don't necessarily know if that's the case. And Kablam, Kablam, what was the other game Kablam did that I really liked? Kablam! Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's Kablamo! Um, sorry, let me look this up really quick. Uh, 
Okay, nope, this is totally not that. You know what? We're just going to go straight on path and forget about that. But if I, if I remember about it, then uh, it is what it is. I know that Kablam did another game that I, that I kind of like, so that was cool. Um, anyway, moving right along. More on that when we get it or whenever it comes out. Mm -hmm. uh, test Shuri's prototype suits in Marvel's latest Avengers VR game. So there's another VR game coming out. I don't have VR game. You don't have VR game. VR. Nope. VR so we can try some of this stuff out. Hey, somebody from Marvel Games, get us a VR rig or two or four. Yeah. <laughs> so we can try this stuff out because we want to we wanna be able to talk about it. But this is uh, an, um, another Marvel Studios and IML uh, X-Lab collaboration. I am, if you know, IML, ILM X Labs, that is the offshoot of, um, that is the base of the VR. Um, um, I, I want to call them the Skunk Works, but they're basically the, the game company or VR uh, experience company that is doing that Vader uh, VR game. And they've done a lot of other VR, you know, some other VR stuff for uh, Marvel, Star Wars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But mostly Marvel and, and Star Wars at this point. So apparently this is not a home game. This is an experience that you will be able to do in certain places, which I hate that kind of stuff even more because it's never a place that's near me. Oh no. <laughs> because in fact, um, agent 17, see, you can buy tickets for the Avengers damage control, which is that's the name of it, which uh -huh. will be available for limited runs from October 18th onwards at a dozen of sort of the void locations in uh, North America. So in the new, um, so apparently these are VR, VR spots, like old battle tech places or something weird. Okay. Uh, um, Where are they? Uh, in the U S you can check out this in seven cities, including New York, LA, excuse me, uh, New York, Las Vegas, Atlanta, and downtown district, uh, downtown Disney district in Anaheim. You have ATL. I know that's not close. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Just for that. But I'm just saying, at least, you know, you can you can you can say it's in your region. I ain't in my region know. enough. Uh, it's not close enough. I know. Yeah. Uh, apartments like are, if they put it in Boston and I'd be like, yo, it's in the Northeast. Yes, yeah, it's still not yeah, close. It's easy for you to say. It's in New York. So I'm pretty sure it's probably <laughs> somewhere closest to you. Yeah. Um, appointments. So, yeah, wherever the void is, I don't know if you if you know where one of those places are. It's called. Um, but, yeah, it says, yeah, appointments are available in 15-minute in, uh, intervals and costs $40 a session. Cool. Yeah. And apparently the, the juxta of it is uh, you, so the name of it kind of had me, you know, already because you, you do as well, you know, I love damage control. So I was thinking, okay, we're doing something like that, huh? All right, cool. But apparently the, the premise of this thing is um, says you begin and you begin the damage control as a recruit invited to test out new prototypes for Shuri's emergency response suits but find yourself caught up in the drama when an enemy for the past tries to steal the tech. So there'll be some things you end up having to do in VR to stop them while wearing cool, possibly iron managed um, Wakandan tech, etc. So cool. All righty. Next up. All right, next up, uh, spoiler alert. So we haven't gotten to this. So obviously, we're doing, we normally we would have done um, comic book reviews before the news, so we would have talked about this already. But, right. and we don't have to get into it 
uh, you know, yeah, we won't go too yet. deep into it. We still have to discuss the book, but the House of X issue out this week, the last issue of House of X, hmm, yes, officially unveils the X Men's new leaders in their brand new day. And boy, oh no, not brand new day, please no. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm not familiar <laughs> enough with current day wrestling to really reference that. So, I mean, no, I was thinking Spider Man brand new day. But... Oh goodness gracious, great balls of fire. <laughs> But yeah, we will oh, we will we will we will talk about that when we get to that in the comic book section a little bit. And there are still more. All I will say right now is there are still more questions that need to be answered, or at least one or two more questions that need to be answered. But how, uh, powers of ten is next week. So, moving right along, uh, Tony Stark is dead. Long live Iron Man twenty twenty. Again, a big told you so. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. But only because only because I guess we had seen rumblings. Yeah. But now, you know, the closer we get to the end of the year, um, they're able to hype it up more. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, for those then if Iron Man twenty twenty means anything to you, you'll know the name of Arno Stark, who was at the time where Iron Man twenty twenty, which was far from where we are now. Um oh, was it like the, the early eighties, right? Yes, it was. Jeez. Um was the far flung future at the time, but now it's just next year. It's just a couple months away, which is gosh, kind of ridiculous. So yeah, apparently, um, Tony Stark is going to die again, or uh, this teaser anyway for the arts uh, is um, shows the twenty my Iron Man twenty twenty version of the twenty twenty version of Iron Man, which is you know the classic Arnold Stark uh, armor standing over Tony Stark's grave, where a human hand busting out of the ground. Uh, so it sounds like because we know Tony Stark Iron Man is ending uh, soonish. Uh, that's going to, I guess, possibly branch off into some a new series, which would be this. And well, I, us, I and think they're us. ending. No, I was about to say they're ending the uh, the regular Tony Stark title. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it, but it's maybe possibly lend itself to going into another series starring possibly Arno. Right. That's, I think, where this is all going. Yeah. Which, yeah. And, and that there's another book that's kind of doing something similar this week, which I know you haven't read yet, but we'll kind of, you yeah, know, we'll talk about that. Um, well, not the same thing, but we're going to get to it. So, yeah, apparently that's a that's the thing that is happening. And what's old is new again. And um, I haven't kept up. I know you've been the one reading Tony Stark Iron Man, so you would probably yes. know what's going on more in that book. Like, I know, like, stuff we talked about last week. Or mm-hmm. was it last, last, last week or week before last? When last issue? I want to say it was last week. Yeah, probably was. So, yeah. Anyway, more on that later. Uh, the end. Marvel announces final stories for Miles Morales, Deadpool, and more. So, The End is another um, series of one-shots that... Well, it was a series of one-shots that was from the... Was it... The early 90s or late 80s? I can't remember. No, 90s. Definitely 90s. Was it 90s? Okay, that's what I thought. So, yeah. So, basically, as the name would apply, was like one-shot stories of various characters uh, depicting, I guess, stories from their the last. Right. Their potential, the potential end for uh, respective characters, right? Basically telling their quote-unquote last story. Right. Oh, man. Oh, man. I can't wait for you to read uh, Immortal Hulk. Just... <laughs> I did read it. Oh, did you? Okay. I did read it. That was crazy. But oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so anyway, yeah. So so I luckily had my iPad with me, you know, for the ride home. I 
I didn't have a chance to really read it when I was online. Mm. I was on as many lines as I thought I might be that would require me to actually break out my iPad and start reading comics. But, um, but uh, you know, I have a funny story about one of the lines I was on. Mm. I'll probably save it for uh, next week. Okay. But, um, you know, uh, in any event, I did get a chance to read that Immortal Hulk. So that, that should be fun. Nice. Okay. All right. Sweet. So yeah. So yeah. But basically, there's some there's some a new set of one shots uh, with some different characters this time, I guess, because I don't think Captain America had one the last time. But basically, the last adventures of Captain America, Doctor Strange, Miles Morales, Venom, Captain Marvel, and Deadpool, and uh, we see here, um, just like uh, I, I'm assuming these are the um, oh snap. Oh, I kind of like this Miles one though. Uh, I don't know if these are the covers, or um, I'm going to assume that they are, but we're not sure. Right. I know that Damian Scott tweeted something out um, with. I think he has a variant cover for it for mm-hmm. the Miles. Okay. So um, it's you know it, it should be a pretty interesting thing to see, especially with some of these characters who are still very very new, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Miles really has been around for a while. Right. Yeah. So you've got old man Doctor Strange, old man Miles. It's- I can see some old some old dude up up your way with uh with what with Miles got on right now. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, we've got Doctor Strange, uh, one for Captain Marvel, and uh, Captain America, who uh, in this cover still pretty much looks just like he has been. Look very Captain America. Yeah. He looked very Captain America. Yeah, and he doesn't uh, even look like old man Steve. Exactly. Yeah, no, it was from the from from the MCU, right? <laughs> and of course, one for Deadpool, which, eh. and one for Venom, mm-hmm. which, yeah. Anyway, so that's the thing that is coming. Um, when are they coming? But this was just announced at uh, Comic Con, New York Comic Con, so probably soonish, I would imagine. Oh, wait, well, in December. Well, December's list is just coming, so I don't know if they were came out there. Regardless, they're coming soon. There's no, I don't see a date for them. Stay tuned for those. I'm sure, we'll be talking about them. Next up. All right. Next up, um, in some sad news, um, Spider Man and Robin artist Tom Lyle, who's actually scheduled to be at New York Comic Con this weekend, hmm. um, is in a coma right now after he suffered a brain aneurysm. So, um, fellow artist Philip Sevy, um, who has done books such as Triage and Tomb Raider, shared the news on Twitter, writing that uh, his friend and mentor, Tom Lyle, is in the hospital right now. So um, the doctors are hopeful, but he could use all the good thoughts, wishes, etc. So um, shout out to uh, Tom Lyle, and uh, we hope that you have a speedy recovery and uh, recovered health. Indeed. It says he is 65 years old and the co-creator of several characters, including Stephanie Brown. And there's a typo in this article. Uh, but yeah. That's right, folks. Hire me for your editing. I do good work. Uh, so anyway, yes, looks like speedy recovery to you. Uh, fan created spider sonas will appear in Spider Verse number one, which I get, which actually came out this weekend. I didn't get a chance to read. Uh, so apparently, fans created their very own spider themed characters, and now everyone would get to see them in Spider Verse uh, comic book. That is what we call, like to call uh, free content for creators, <laughs> free content for folks, folks. Um. I'm slightly joking, but I'm kind of not. I don't know if these people are actually being, these people are probably not getting paid for their work being put on 
display like this, but uh, sure. Anyway, I, uh, you, if you're watching the video, you can see uh, the various um, renderings from folks. I mean, some of it's good work. It's just like three of them. So, like I said, cool for those folks giving up free content, but, you know. Well, we don't know that for sure. So. I feel like we do. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's good for them. It's exposure. Mm, yeah, that's uh, a bullshit uh, excuse. That <laughs> Sure. Anyway. Um, Language. Yeah. Language. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess that was going to get pulled out at some point. Um, so yeah, so apparently, let's see, yeah, when the Spider-Sona persona hashtag came out, Marvel was so impressed by everyone's talent and creativity. So some fans were contacted to create uh, new Spider-Sona art, especially for these issues. Each issue of Spider-Verse will showcase three of the original pieces of Spider-Verse. I hope these people got paid. That's all I'm saying. Moving right along. All right, next up, uh, Marvel Entertainment. Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesada uh, previously teased a secret design project he had been working on over the past month. The project was revealed as a special line of Adidas Speed Factory AM4 sneakers celebrating Marvel's 80th anniversary. My so, Adidas. <laughs> sadly, they are not shell tops, but instead <laughs> are um, running style shoes. I mean, you know, shell tops. Mm, Nobody wears shorts now. You know. Which is actually kind of funny because of um of, of a picture that my brother texted me earlier. But yeah, so they're not terrible. If you're watching the video, you can see the the uh, shoes in question. They're not terrible. They are right. If you scroll them. down, there's another style. Yeah. Okay, I like those a little better. Right. They they those actually are, I think are more attractive. Yeah. So, uh, so the, that just say Marvel at the front are not as right. So there's so the the first the the first version that you can see if you're watching the video right now. There's a version that's like a kind of purplish. Well, they kind of goes kind of dark to red, almost like a Spider-Man colorish type of situation with uh, Marvel on the side and eighty on the back, uh, with stripes going running down the side both sides of it. And then the second one says uh 80 years on the side and then it's got some comic book panels just like some um some box art some corner art corner corner box art which i like those a little bit better that's uh cool i would actually probably buy some if i were a sneakerhead but i'm not uh it says here that Casada's 80th anniversary marvel sneakers will see an exclusive launch during new york comic con they will be available at footlocker uh, at the St. Harold Square location on October 4th, which is tomorrow at the time of this recording. And then we'll see a wider release two weeks later on October 18th for 150 bucks at uh, footlocker.com. So have at the sneaker, folks. Nice. Next up. Uh, All right. Next up. Uh, this is you, I think. Yes, it is. New York Times brings back graphic novels back to the book review. So apparently New York Times, and I do remember because I feel like we've talked about it. Um, So New York Times used to do graphic novels. And in fact, yeah, there was a, we had an article not a couple of weeks ago uh, about them bringing them back or or about them doing this again, which was one 
person poo pooed, but whatever. Uh, so the New York Times today announced that it will resume publishing a graphic graphic books bestseller list for the first time in over two years, restoring a key point of prestige for the oft undervalued medium of comics. The Times unceremoniously dropped its graphic novels and manga lists, manga lists, excuse me, from the paper's book review section in January 2017, uh, after eight years of constant, consistent publications. Uh, this is their book review editor, Paul, Pamela Paul, promised that the Times would instead focus on more reviews and features of graphic storytelling to recognize growing readership, quote-unquote. So... Good on them for bringing that back. I, I No reason it should have left. Exactly right. And you have to wonder why they brought it back. Maybe readership is kind of slow and they needed something to help out. Although, I don't know. I you know what's funny that. about that? What's I don't that? think readership is on the slow side because I think given the current nature of things, people have flocked to supporting journalism. And I think there's probably been more of uh, a, a desire to... Um, reach out into at least some portions of pub- of uh, popular culture that aren't as uh, well covered. So that's my suspicion. Fair. Because um, uh, you know, just just given just given the nature of um, uh, the news business and 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 what people have been doing to support it um, in the wake of uh, um, you know current events, it's yeah. um, you know it's interesting to see that they would bring it back now. And as you said, shouldn't have left. So right. next up. All right. So we have a brand new version of Lois Lane. Let's meet Lois Lane Eradicator in Tale <laughs> from the Dark Multiverse, The Death of Superman. whoop de doo I mean, listen, that's me editorializing. That yes, is it my, is. Um, that is my two cents. Um, take it for what it is. But seriously, people. Um you know, I know that uh, it's cool that uh, this dark multiverse gives lots of um, uh, chances for more stories. Opportun- you know, it, it provides lots of opportunities for more stories. And that doesn't mean just because it's not in continuity that amazing good stories can't come out of it. That's a, I, I, I hate that. that um, it is in continuity because it's in the dark multiverse. Well, but it's not like prime what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, sure. That is you're right about that part. Um, but you know, I just kind of hate that that argument. It's like, well, it's not a continuity, so it doesn't mean anything. That's stupid. It's the dark multiverse. But yeah, but it, you know, in a in a broken world, much like our own, Lone right. Lane, twisted by rage and grief, becomes the eradicator and takes revenge on those who let Superman die, and the corrupt world he would never defeat. I'm going to stop doing that voice right now. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, the death of Superman number one is going to come at the end of this month, October 30th, uh, Halloween Eve, Eve, all righty, or Halloween Eve, that doesn't, you know, whatever, you know what I meant. Next, yep, which by, oh, I'll talk about that later when we get to books. Um, John Carpenter wants to write Batman after his disturbing quote unquote joker one shot so i feel like we, we did talk about that happening so think, yeah john carpenter ye of big trouble in little china and other 80s films yes i'm only talking about uh, big trouble in little china because that's my favorite film of his um 
basically discussed uh, whether he would be back to write any more Batman, and he basically says that he's a Batman fan, and of all the superheroes, he's the best, represent more stuff that's bullshit. Uh, he's more serious as a character, BS, and the Joker's just brilliant. He's the greatest, some of that is me editorializing, because boy, I did not want to go into that rant right now. Uh, he's the greatest villain, talking about the Joker. This is DC Comics, this is the Joker. The Joker's the greatest. Who wouldn't want to write this? So here we are. And he goes on to basically say that um, it's up to DC whether they want him to do any more of, you know, with, you know, whatever, whoever. So, yay. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. All that shit he said about Batman, no. And I, again, I won't go into that rant right now. Although, if you yeah, there's a lot of people that feel that way, it kind of sucks. Yeah. A, anyway, moving right along. Yeah. So, again, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Batman reveal. I did not read this week's Batman. I didn't either. Well, that was, that was, um, this is from oh, Batman Justice Superman Day? from, no, no, this is from Batman Superman from last week. Oh, okay. So, spoiler alert, the Batman reveals he has a secret prison under the Hall of Justice. Like, so, like son, like father. You know, ex- I was about to say, it's, you know, you know, if you thought, um, if you thought, um, uh, what was it, Wonder Dog had a place to play, had a, had a place to go underneath the Hall oh. of Justice. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Yeah. So yeah, it's worth noting if you've been what reading uh Teen Titans, yes, Damien has absolutely done the exact same thing. And I'm sure just like that, this is going to come up. This this can't um this is gonna come out at some point. Um, because we saw how Damien's went. In fact, he's kind of sort of doing it again, which we've already talked about with uh Teen Titans, except for his you know, a little different. So you wonder where Damien gets it from? Here you go, folks. Right. Uh, next up, speaking of Batman uh, and something from last week, which I've just caught up with this, so I, unfortunately not soon enough to get spoiled on this, but uh, Batman, Curse of the White Knight kills, spoiler, and nothing will be the same. So, spoiler alert for a week old... Um, I gotta do something about that. Um... So they killed off Gordon um, in Batman Curse of the White Knight number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most specifically, Azrael killed him uh, because he's floating around and trying to uh, do Azrael type stuff. Um, not to get into that, but I've, I've actually still enjoying that. Um, like I said, I've, I enjoyed that. It is an Elseworlds book and you know, it is what it is on that front, but it's a good story. And at least specifically the first one, uh, Batman white Knight. And this one kind of started off a little slow, but it's actually picking up to be pretty good. I'm enjoying it. So yeah, that happened at the end of the book and, um, not, uh, after some, so basically, also in that book, um, Batgirl got outed, and he found out from the Joker outing Batman that um, that uh, his own daughter was Batgirl. So that kind of went sort of away, but you know, at the end of the book, um, yeah, Gordon Gordon bought it. So we'll see what happens after um, going forward after that. But apparently, yeah. And it was already in the midst of um, Gordon basically talking about stepping down, 
which mm-hmm. was a good conflict. So you kind of saw some things coming, and he also named a replacement to uh, for him, uh, which I guess I won't spoil, but it, it kind of doesn't matter at this point because uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it next issue. Move right along. All right, next up. Um, all right, so uh, you just did the Curse of the White Knight story, right? I did, mm-hmm. All right, so DC reveals Batman speaks Kryptonian because, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. What can't Batman do with enough prep time? And oh, if you hadn't shown up, that was going to be, I was going to have my rant for that. But see, I'm, I will spare everybody. So you have a seven to thank for that. So, yeah. No! <laughs> yeah. But raise a Mary Sue, but but Batman can do it, you know, you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, this is also from Batman Superman from last week where we found out he could do this. <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah, I mean, if you programmed it into Google Translate, I mean, come on. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think so. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Real quick, uh-huh. uh, I was watching. Uh, I you know I, I think I mentioned on last week's show before my my light stream decided to conk out for the second week in a row mm-hmm. um that i uh, restart i started a rewatch of deep space nine yes you did and one of the episodes i got to in season two i i've crossed over into season two and one of the episodes has a group of uh newcomers from the gamma quadrant who who are speaking a language that um the universal translator had never heard of and had trouble um yes. figuring out for a oh, little yes. while Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what this sounds like. Oh, so Batman's got a universal translator on him, and it's taking a while, and he finally figured out how to speak Kryptonian, which is kind but of funny. That's not the case, right? Which is kind of funny. Did you you didn't happen to read uh, Fantastic Four this week, did have you? No, I did not get to it. Sorry. Okay, well, I would basically say something. A very similar thing happened right there in that book. Okay. So anyway, we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that then. So yeah, uh, it's that's ridiculous. Uh, DS Nine's great. Batman's ridiculous. Moving right along. Uh, DC's worst case scenario finally happened, which we will get to um, when I talk about deceased number five uh, later on. But yeah, it it gets worse after it gets better. So we're just going to move along. We'll talk about it then. Uh, um, next up. Next up, uh, October 30th, Batman Annual number four is going to feature a different artist and story than initially solicited. Um, not solicited. Um, according to this week's DC retailer mailer. Editing, so man. Editing, to- editing is a good thing. You should always have an editor. So so it was supposed to have uh, two stories by writer Tom King with art from Lee Weeks and Jorge Fornes. Uh, respectively, but is now going to feature a different story with art from Mike Norton rather than the story Weeks would have drawn. I wonder if it was supposed to be an Elmer Fudd story, because I remember that's what Lee Weeks did. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. That was, I love the hell out of that that story, uh, book. It caught yeah. it, it got a lot of praise. Well, it also got a couple a good bit of flack too. But whatever, that was a out of all of those joints, that was probably the best one of those. The, the for those who don't know, uh, Tom King and, and Weeks uh, did a it was basically a Hanna Barbera. I mean, not Hanna Barbera, Looney Tunes um, DC crossover. Which, granted, they're family at this point, but um, but nevertheless, so it was basically DC characters, you know, kind of folded into the, uh, the excuse me, it was uh, Looney Tunes characters folded into the DC universe 
as uh as DC type characters. And uh, Elmer Fudd was like a serial killer, such whatever. Not serial killer. Uh, it was kind of like a bounty hunter type situation, whatever mm-hmm. it was. But whether that was a good issue, I don't care what anybody says. I love the hell out of that. So, and yeah, if you ever get a chance to read that, go check it out. Uh, next up, uh, Boland, Monkey, Mayhew, Bianchi, Crane, and more join Joker Year of the Villain covers lineup. So. Weird. I wonder why they would um, blow out this one. Anyway, um, the retailer variants for October 9th, <clears throat> the Joker Year of the Villain one-shot have begun to be revealed. Uh, in addition to the primary cover by Philip Tan, Mark Deering, Deering excuse me, there are several store variants uh, by a whole bunch of people, some names you definitely know. Uh, some good artists. So yeah, that'll be next week. Well, I'm sure we may or may not be talking about that. Uh, oh, yeah, this is the thing that was written by uh, John Carpenter and Anthony Birch, by the way, which I probably should put this closer to to, to that uh, article, but whatever. Next. All right. Uh, Nyla Rose. You can take these next two, by the way. In the latest All Elite Wrestling DC Comics collaboration. So All Elite Wrestling revealed yet another piece of artwork as part of its collaboration with DC Comics, this time featuring wrestler Nyla Rose. So uh, good on them. Uh, I have not yet ever, I I haven't seen an entire AEW show. So, um, but uh, apparently Nyla Rose uh, made history by becoming the first openly transgender woman to sign with a major American professional wrestling promotion. Oh, nice. Uh, back when, uh, when, 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 uh, when, uh, she joined back in February. Nice. All right. Um, the next story is also wrestling related. Um, Becky Lynch leads WWE SmackDown's double debut in comics and on Fox. So, um, this week, uh, SmackDown is showing up on Fox. You've probably seen all the um, the hype about it. I think it's it's uh, tomorrow, Friday, October fourth. I think it's supposed to be that the day it comes on. But um, they are also putting out um, uh, there's a book that came out this week. Well? Yeah, that came out this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, so SmackDown booms. Oh, WWE SmackDown number one hit comics this week. I didn't. I wasn't able to get my comics this week, so I'll probably be picking them up over the weekend or or, or next week. So sure. it uh, did not have a chance to see that too much prepping for uh, Comic Con and other stuff. So mm. fans of the show will know that I uh, am not a wrestling fan. Um, I think half of the panel is, but half of the full panel is. I don't know where you lie on this. Uh, I'm, I, I'm a mediocre wrestling fan. <laughs> okay, so three fourths of the the uh, comic books, comic book chronicle are wrestler fans in one right. way, shape, or form. I mean, my, my my knowledge of wrestling stopped, um, you know, well into the aughts. You know, forget the teens. You know, oh, mine's mine's is like the '80s, I think. So, so, but. What? but yeah so i would but i say all of that to say that i recognize that this is the most that we have had on one show and believe me as the person who did the news who puts the news together for this show i was not happy about this but i did it anyway (laughs) just make that note all right what's next come on president bartlett 
What's next? Dark Horse announces new Dragon Age comic featuring Fenris. So for those, and I know a couple of Dragon Age um, fans, so Dragon Age is the video game series uh, made by Bioware. Um... Uh, it's basically an RPG where there's choices and you, you know, you, you, um, you, uh, there are character driven, why not necessarily character driven, but there are characters in the, the, um, in the series that people, uh, really like Fenders being one of them. And there was a, uh, no, uh, for a fact, a couple of fans who were going crazy when they found out this news was out. So mm-hmm. good on them for that. But yeah, so Dark Horse Comics is returning to the world of Dragon Age. Once again, in the newly announced comic Dragon Age Blue Wraith, Blue Wraith follows other critically acclaimed series like Knight Errant and will feature the returning fan favorite Dragon Age 2 character Fenris, the former elf slave that hunts mages, uh, said after the events of Dragon Age Inquisition. And here is a cover for it. So Dragon Age fans, rejoice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of these, um, you know, uh, video games, or comic books, things lately. You know, there's Overwatch comics. There's like, um, I know there's that um, Gears of War comic that came out this week, which I still haven't caught up on. There's another one I think came out pretty recently that I, I said I was gonna. Oh, um, the Watch Dogs one, and there was another one I said I was gonna check into, but whatever. So yeah, that's the thing. I have never played Dragon Age, so I don't have the affinity for it. I'm more of a um, Mass Effect fan. But okay. Yeah, same company, same deal, similar deal. Nevertheless, moving on. All right, next up, Boom Studios announced today a brand new original graphic novel based in the world of the highly acclaimed series Goldie Vance from writer Jackie Ball um, and artist Molly Rose. Hmm. Um, Goldie Vance, cool. Larceny in La La Land. Yes. Uh, features a return of everyone's favorite young detective in a brand new mystery with all the glitz, glamour, and giant secrets you'd expect from a Goldie Vance mystery. It's going to be available in stores July 2020. So, yeah. So, like I was saying, this is cool because I believe I'm fairly certain I was the one of the only one on the panel who was reading these books, even though some would argue I probably shouldn't. Because this is an all age, I think this was an all ages book. If I'm not mistaken, I don't actually. I may may or may not be confused. But so this is basically um, a teen sleuth, a la maybe uh, a Nancy Drewish type of a uh, mixed race young lady and her friends getting into some stuff. Almost not necessarily Scooby-ish, but like I said, more Nancy Drewish. Um, it was a cool book that um, when I was reading it, and it didn't, you know, it it ran a few issues, but it didn't, you know go go too far lengthy but i thought it was pretty cool and you know young readers should should possibly get a kick out of it i would think so that's good that it's coming back uh next up um awesome covers for mighty Morphin power rangers slash teenage mutant ninja turtles number one so yes the crossover that some would argue probably shouldn't be having but not surprised is happening <laughs> uh is abound again because they've already had a crossover in the actual Power Rangers show. Uh, this December, the Power Rangers will meet the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in comic book form. I am really excited for this miniseries from... Well, this is the author, the, the, um, author of this article. Yeah, I was about to about say, are you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I will check it out. Uh, I'm not... I don't... I, my my tastes at this point are metered on these ones, because I, like, I have, so far I have read crossovers 
And there's that Batman Turtles one that is the third chapter of, basically, that is uh, still going right now. And the Power Rangers did a um, Justice League um, crossover sometime, I think it was earlier this year or last year. No, it was last year, I believe it was. So, yeah, there are things about, so this was bound to happen. And I'm pretty sure if it hasn't happened already, the Turtles are probably going to meet the Justice League at some point. If it doesn't happen, I'll be shocked. And or He-Man. I feel like I've talked about this before, but you know, nevertheless, okay, uh, it, it's uh, it's a thing that's going to happen. So yeah, that's the that's the thing that is coming soonish. I know December fourth. So yeah, look forward to me talking about that when that happens. Alrighty. Next uh, up. Next up, Mike. Uh, oh, yeah, that's you. Mike Hawthorne is going to tell his story in the graphic novel memoir, Happiness Will Follow. So he's an Eisner and Harvey Award-nominated cartoonist. He's going to share his story through the graphic novel memoir, Happiness Will Follow. Boom Studios is going to publish the memoir through their Archaea imprint, and it is sure to be an interesting read. Yep, and we have uh, the the cover art for it, and even a, I guess this is a variant cover with him on the cover. And yep, like Wolverine. Um, Nick Bub, let me stop. So yeah, um, good on him. Um, I feel like we 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 know of some of his work. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, I think I've met the guy. Yeah, so cool. That maybe it's probably going to be an interesting read. I don't know. That's it's not too many times where you get to see any graphic artist a uh, graphic novel for an artist in such a way so there's got mm-hmm. there must be something to it uh so cool next up g wiz dark horse is pouring out an original cuphead graphic novel so this is a video game that is also a, uh, another video game that is getting uh the comic book treatment uh if you did not know cuphead is a platformer a very difficult platformer where you um well, you're basically running around uh, because you made a deal with the devil and now you're trying to get out of it by doing stuff for, for them by uh, basically going and um, taking out some of his uh, some folks that owe him favors while trying to get from under the deal. So it, um, it, it was a great game. It had basically had old like um, Mary Metalies type uh, graphics to it and it was kind of very difficult but it was a good game uh, mm-hmm. when it came out in the wow september 2017 i don't think it was been out that long didn't seem like it uh but the aesthetic was cool and the gameplay was all right if not being difficult so no they get a comic book out of it so cool beans and it is coming from writer zach keller and um sean dixon and it says Cuphead, cap, comic tapers, and curios continues the wacky rubber hose adventures of Cuphead and his brother Mugman, taking place uh, after the siblings won their souls back from Satan in the game. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, let's see. It is right, going to come oh. March 3rd next year, 2020. Okay. Oh, wait. Hang on. Oh, wait. So. No, nope. Sorry, June seventeenth, twenty twenty, and uh, basically there's another prose novel that comes before it. That's on March third, twenty twenty, called Cuphead and Carnival Chaos. Weird. Anyway, next, next, and last up in comic news, uh, Magic: The Gathering reveals My Little Pony crossover set for <laughs> charity. 
So I saw. Where are you, Matt Wang? Where are you, Matt? I know. So I did. Talk to us about this Magic the Gathering, My Little Pony crossover. If you're listening, maybe I'll catch up with you tomorrow about and talk about this. So yeah. So I don't know if you saw my tweet to him about this. Uh, no, I didn't have a chance to. Yeah, yeah. So I tweeted to him about it because I didn't know whether he knew about it. Yet, but I have. I know he's up on usually. He's usually up on Magic Together and stuff. Um, so he probably was him between him and BDM. So apparently this is a set uh, that is going to be on Hasbro Pulse starting October 22nd. Uh, it's going to be a digital form. Well, excuse me. So there's going to be a physical set and the proceeds are going to go towards Extra Life, which is a uh, children's hospital uh, um, uh, uh, charity. So it's a good charity. So you just get to that regardless of whether you do it to this or for that. Um so this set is going to be, as, as the name implies, is going to be basically My Little Plonies with, uh, the, that are set to Magic the Gathering cards, even with mana costs and everything. Uh, now, as a person like myself who plays Magic the Gathering, this is cool. This is not a set that you can play. Okay. So th- yeah. So you would not be able to, which is kind of funny because there, there is a new set of, there's a new expansion to Magic the Gathering that just came out recently. In fact, um, uh, it is out to tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. The pre-release was last week, and I know Matt knows about this, or whatever. But um, uh, called Throne of Eldron, and it is Eldraine, and it is fairy tale based. So, My Little Pony, these My Little Pony cards would kind of sort of fit in that set if they were if they were legal. But you can't play these legally. I mean, these are not standard cards, so therefore. You know, or then you cannot play them standard or limited or whatever. So anyway, these silver border cards, which will be sold along matching play mats, uh, starting October twenty fifth, as well as four digital card sleeves, which which will be uh, available in the video game Magic: The Gathering Arena, which is a good game by the way. If you're a Magic fan, um, uh, will be available there for like three, I think four bucks a piece for per uh, card sleeve. And I don't think the cards themselves are going to be in, in Arena because obviously they're not playable, so you, you wouldn't be able to do it. But the card backs will be. So let's see. So let's see. So it'll be what? How many cards? So I think it'll be like four cards plus some play mats uh, and some card sleeves. And it'll be limited edition cards will be sold exclusively as a box set for 50 bucks between October 22nd and November 5th or until sold out through HasboPulse.com. Uh, there will also be a three playmat set for $100 during that time as well as four different um, Magic the Gathering Arena digital card sleeves uh, for four bucks a piece. There we go. And available October 28th through November 4th, which is my wife's birthday. Great. Um, all net proceeds will be donated to Extra Life Gender Group, like I said, is for children's hospitals through gaming initiatives. So, it's a good cause, regardless of, you know, whether, you know, one way or another, but hey, if you need this to, uh, to, to give to the charity, by all means. But they look, they're good looking cards, don't get me wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, it'd be cool if they were playable, but they're not. So... And that, folks, is that. I, w- I would love to see um, Matt's take on it. So hopefully he, I know he, um, I know he liked the uh, the tweet, so he did see it. So I don't know if he, um, if he'll get a chance to, to check them out, him or BDM, whatever. I mean, it'll be something for the girls, if not him for himself. 
All right. So before we get into the comic book news, um, let us hit off with a ad read, please, sir. If you got one, I had um, I had a couple. I got one uh, ready. If you don't, I was about to say if you want to, yeah, I was about to say if you want to pull one up, I'll do the last one. Okay, cool. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door from Rosé to Cabernet to Torontes. Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink four bottles Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. Doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now, for the listeners of Comfort Chronicles, you can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off of your first order. To place your first order with $20, $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us slash wink, W-I-N-C. Uh, that's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines, do you CSPN? Do it today. And now we were getting to the comic. <laughs> a little late, but sure. I got it. I thought you were going to play it, so I was waiting for it. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. I, yeah, I couldn't get to it. So, yeah, we will get to the comic book reviews. The reviews! I wish we had a sound effect for that, right? <laughs> I know, right? Because normally we don't go in, this, uh, go in this order. So, I'll just do... How about... Um, yeah we'll work with that that works um and let me push it back over to this so and since we man, you read a lot this week holy cow yeah it's man it's been some crazy weeks uh we've had actually well a, I didn't do a lot a of couple books of months yeah um so while i try to get rid of some of the stuff in the background Boop, boop, boop. Oh, let me list what I read. I read Black Cat, Champions, Immortal Hulk, Doctor Strange, and House of X. So let's go ahead and You're do... not a terrible list. No, 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 not a terrible list at all. Because um, I know you, you know, you wanted to get some of that, at the very least half of that list, if not most of that list was like, I got to read these. So I understand you that. So let's go ahead and get to the, I guess, the big book of the week. Um... House of X, number six. I was about to switch it up and say Doctor Strange, but... <laughs> but now, let's go ahead and do House of X, number six. It is the last issue of House of X. Um, which means we only have one more issue in this... Uh, in the in the parallel uh, miniseries. Some would say epic miniseries. Mega right. series, mega mini series. I don't know what you would call how they did this. Um, so we find out who most of who makes up that council that was um, that was brought up in, I guess, Powers of Ten last issue, right? And we got most of the names. There are a couple that are missing. Well, surprisingly enough, one name that I thought was going to be on the list is not. Okay, because you remember there was like the 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 the, the the um, uh, Xavier Magneto, and then there was the other name. That was the third name, right? And I thought it was Myra. Myra, Turns right? Out it's a apocalypse. It's Apoc, right? Yeah. So <laughs> go figure on that one. 
but I knew Apocalypse was going to be there somewhere. So that was, you know, it is what it is on that one. But like I said, they fill in most of that list. There is still a spot um, missing. I guess we'll find that out in Powers of 10, Powers of X, whatever. Powers of 10, yeah. Yeah, I know. You know me. I got to be difficult. Um, and But the bulk of the issue is basically them starting to uh, iron out the governing of their new mutant nation. Uh, which, wow, I didn't know I had misspelled that. So let me do that. And so, so yeah, so the council comes to order. They talk about this, that, and the other, and they basically hash out three laws. And then uh, for their first act as a council, they deal with um, something that didn't, that basically wasn't brought up since the first two issues. And that right. we being, basically see, right. We basically see the culmination of their plan. Right. Uh, and they deal with um, a transgression that Sabretooth did uh, in the first issue uh, in accordance to their new laws, their new, their brand new spanking laws, which were, I guess, at the time that it happened, were not new because of the way the timing of this book, these books have been going. Um, so, yeah, and um, like I said, they hashed out. I don't know, that part, the whole part with... Um, but I guess it makes sense if you're on a council, you want to get like, you know, thoughts, especially if it's a new council that's trying to hash out stuff, you want to get ideas from everybody. But it, it still kind of felt kind of weird when they threw it to, uh, when the Mystique threw it to Nightcrawler. It was like, hey, since you're, you know, you're so pious and this is, what do you think about what you'd be doing? And he was like, hey, make more babies. Like, what were you expecting Nightcrawler to say in this instance? I don't know. But regardless, like I said, the whole issue is what it pretty much said it was like there's and we I guess we the one question that I still had which was kind of answered but what kind of wasn't answered was hey hey we saw Xavier get his maker hat on for the first time and then announce to everybody their plans which I think we, we which we had seen before previously but you know this was the this was pretty much everything leading up to that happening and that happening when he gave that worldwide broadcast the first time uh, and then going into them, going into the governing thing, there's still no, I'm still not sure why he kept that thing on and why does he still have that thing on? Cause I feel like there's a more of a reason than that. That's, I mean, whether it's relevant or not, that, that we're not being told. Mm. Um, and I don't think it gives the credence because, and we do see, by the way, uh, Myra show up, so she is there. So I don't know if that the uh, prevailing theory that it's her in it's her body or something, whatever the whatever that theory was. I don't think that one holds that much water, or maybe it still does. I don't know, but there's something about that because at first I thought when because when it first brought up and we see the cradle, uh, Xavier's personal cradle. I was thinking, I was like, well, maybe he's in that center part and he's, and he's just projecting his mind into this body and, and, and that thing. And, you know, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like I said, the, 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 the whole issue is pretty much them ironing out their, their, their new governing bodies type situation and they deal with well, Sabretooth. Right. That and just the, <laughs> the actual act of projecting to the world. Right. What, you know, the, and, 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 and the decisions that lead up to it 
um, you know, right. we've like worked said, we with, 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 with already said we saw we saw pretty much that before. But like, right. like, yeah, like you just said, they but just seeing the setup, right? Just seeing the immediate setup and the actual execution of it, and right. just seeing how it's um, received by this by the uh, Marvel. Um, the universe or the you know Marvel Earth at large, right? Which and we think we pretty much seeing saw that, that right, past, and seeing yeah. that right, and seeing that replayed um, to get us up to speed as to where we are today. Um, what's interesting uh, that you kind of glossed over is that <laughs> at the end of the issue, there are reunions, there are re rejiggered statuses because we are not going back to status quo right um at least for now um some some things are forgiven some things are um you know some things are, are some fences are mended um well, you know yeah, that was the part I was, yeah that was the part i didn't want to i want to make sure you get your what you were going to say out the way before i mentioned that and ultimately um what i wanted to point out was that uh people who i thought were dead or you know obviously alive again so we're starting literally with a very fresh slate wait i mean somebody other than what who we knew was back alive again or someone right some other people like uh who banshee well yeah but well yeah but i mean banshee was banshee was a corpse Banshee That's was a true. freaking animated. Yeah, I was about to say, he, yeah, about to say, yeah, he was alive, but in he wasn't recent, right? In yeah. recent, in recent issues of Uncanny, it's true. And he looks pretty healthy to me. Yeah, he does. Uh, he doesn't look issue. undead like he's been doing. And wait, was this sister dead also? Because she showed, she also showed up. Oh, you mean his daughter? His, Siren? Wait, that was his daughter. Oh, I thought it was his sister. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Sorry, I wasn't sure, but I definitely knew. I definitely was under the. Uh, uh, under the impression that Banshee was very dead and yes. his corpse was basically animated and running around. Basically, so, almost like Jasper Sitwell, which is still weird how they did both, why they did both of those. Right. So that's, uh, you know, it, it's it's a pretty interesting thing to see. Do so. we know who that person was? Because I couldn't really make it out who that person was that uh, Wolverine gave the beer to. At first, I thought it was Dokken, but I was like, that can't kind of can't be. No, that's. um. But it's, I figured like there was somebody business somebody. That might, no, 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 no. With. It's uh, it's one of the guys who's on the the ruling council now. It's um, give me one second. It's uh, Gorgon. He's one of the great captains. Oh, okay. See, so, yeah, I saw that name, and I was like, wait, it can't be Gorgon of the Inhumans. What what is going on there? Okay, and I so I didn't recognize that, but I don't. I'm not sure who that is. Right. He he became um he became uh. uh a more prominent character during, um, uh, I want to say, Secret Warriors, the Hickman okay. book, Secret Warriors. Sure. So, okay, so that makes a little more sense. Yeah, so just kind of slid that and slid, you know, slid uh, Banshee being alive, and and I'm sure, and I think there is an an article right. about well, that. Yeah, I was about to say Gorgon makes an appearance when, uh, in the previous issue where they had all the villains come to Krakoa. Right, but he's, so in, he's in one of those. He's one, of, yeah. But he's in one of those. He's, I don't know if he's background, but he's definitely one of the group shots. Right, you know, the, of the people coming through those portals. So uh, that's him. Right. So yeah, like I said, that was somebody that I wasn't terribly familiar with. So I was like, okay, I don't know who that is, but I guess they, they clearly there's some history there. The I was, other, I was counting beers to be honest. Yeah, there was that too because I was they like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was like. Six. 
It was like there's a yeah, there's a bunch of jokers for 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 a whole six pack to be shared around. That was kind of cute. So like it was like okay, Gene gave that one to 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 um to to Emma. That one set, and I say it in my notes, like that one shot of um Gene Scott and uh Gene Scott and and Wolverine. Right. That was kind of weird. Yes, it is very weird. Because knowing the, knowing yeah. their history together, and it's like, huh, that's huh, okay. And Wolverine smiling at that, so it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's a very, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's as fresh a start as we're going to get, pretty much. And then, so I, and I don't know if this is like ominous or anything, but speaking of the at the end of the book, you see um, Magneto and who I just found out apparently is not named Magnus uh, as of recent. I guess. I thought I always thought Magnus was like his middle name or something. Well, see, so I was reading, I was reading um, history of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. and they and they go through they, back when he was in, you know, in, in the Convocation Club, and there was another name that I was not familiar with. Eric Lencher? No, it was like oh. Max and Max something or other. I can't remember. But it's, oh, interesting. Yeah, I've like, read it. I haven't read it yet this week. So yeah, and it was well, it was I was last week. But regardless, but I was trying to catch up on that. I was like, and I didn't read the um, the annotation from where that comes from, but I know it's back there somewhere. But regardless, okay. I'm like, huh, that's weird. I did not know that happened. Oh, that's right. It did come out last week. Okay. Yeah. Um, but regardless, we see them over on cliff watching the celebrations, and you can almost hear the Ewok celebration from Star Wars happening as Dazzler is doing her thing. Uh, you know, with some with some uh, sonic help, but right. they're being watched by Apocalypse, which I thought was like, okay, is this going to be where the, uh, a shoe that's going to end up dropping somewhere, you know, down the line, or you know, because he was just kind of skulking in the shadows, or seemingly skulking, skulking in the shadows the way right. he had Leia wasn't going out to to reach out to him. So right. um, there was also something that I noticed before we move on to the next book. That I, I noticed that. There are now two branches of Krakoa. I don't know if that had been made clear before. They mentioned needing more space before. I do remember that. But yeah, I don't remember if they when they actually gone and did the work for that. But they have right. mentioned they're needing so, some Spoiler experience. alert. Right. So spoiler alert. There's apparently two branches of Krakoa. Right. One is basically in the East Coast and West Well, quote unquote, East, an East side and a West side, not necessarily coast. Right. But. right. One is in the Atlantic. One is in the Pacific. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, covering, uh, you know, um, uh, the northern, well, actually, no, I think they would both be in the northern hemisphere, but, you know, like basically east and west of the, uh, 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 of Greenwich Mean Time. So, right. <laughs> and they also pointed out the other spots where I'm assuming like uh, Krakoa seeds are to where, to where they could, you know, go. At least that is, or, or maybe those are places on Krakoa. I'm not sure what those other places, some of those other places were not on Krakoa. I, I do know that. Um, that they they kind of mentioned, so I'm assuming those are like transportation spots or transport spots or something. So yeah, so we get all of that, and the only thing, so I don't know what, like I know there are questions that need to be that I feel like that needs to be answered, but whether they will be in positive ten next week uh, to to wrap this all up or not, who's to know? But I'm kind of looking forward to it. Listen, it's been a pretty good setup, so for sure, you know, I'm along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm sitting here trying to like, okay, what else hasn't been so what else that's been brought up during this whole thing that hasn't been dealt with outside of the failings? And I and I suspect that might be something that's just going to go right past, you know, into the main yeah into the main expense series, right? So who knows? 
Uh, but yeah, that was Powers of X number six. Like I said, House uh, of X. That's what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. House of X number six. Right. Powers of ten number six is out next week. Yes. Um, so what are we going to get to next? We could talk Doctor Strange number 20, the last we, issue of current volume. Yes, we totally could. And you totally called this, apparently. Which, I mean, we kind of knew. Well, we, we, well, we didn't. I didn't fairly knew. We knew there was something coming at some point. We didn't know how soon it was going to. Uh, but that is getting ahead of us. So this one, I feel like this this issue, it ended, but it was kind of a letdown considering, like we've already said, this book could have ended twice times already on a better note. Well, not a better note, but on a... In previous issues, uh, they've all sort of felt like last issues of a series. Yes. We're, talking, we're going back... If we're talking issue 20, going back to at least issue 16 or 17. At the very least, yes. You know, we've, we've even... I've, I've even mentioned like, hey, you know, when is this ending? Is this ending next issue? No, it's still got a whole bunch of things to go through before um the series ends right. and we immediately deal with the ramifications of dr strange's uh decision in last issue in the in the previous issue to change his status quo magically still convenient <laughs> weirdly convenient but sure but hey they'll get some more stories out of it so yes uh he got the use of his hands back which in this issue caused some issue because uh, his hands, while wrecked for surgery previously, uh, were more had gotten more adept at magic casting, and because he had basically new hands, this this uh, issue that caused him some issues, which he worked around apparently. <laughs> this issue, uh, and also has him basically, uh, you know, so not necessarily soul searching, but trying to figure out, you know how he's going to handle the fact that now that he has new hands, he wants to get back into surgery again, but also realizes he still has a station in life as social social supreme. And that's pretty much uh, what we found out at the end of this book and going into the fact that there's going to be a new version, a new volume of um, Dr. Strange coming forth soon. Um, yeah, we only, don't know if this is a, a one shot. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, exactly. We don't know if it's a series or anything. But Doctor Strange: Surgeon Supreme is the immediate follow up to this issue. It's going to be coming out in December, so we're going to have a month. Well, that and uh, on, on an annual coming, but yes. right. But we're going to have a month to find out in solicits whether or not there's going to be a Surgeon Supreme number two. Well, it sounds it. Yeah, like. The back of the book in the letters page, uh, when they talk about, or behind the letters page, when they talk about it, it made it kind of sound like it's um, another volume, and it's going to be mixed with horror. So almost kind of, um, if I'm reading right, kind of immortal hulkish. But they don't really specifically go there. But they they mention, you know, horror down there, but they don't specifically say what else is going to happen. Happen. Okay. So, yeah, so basically what, what, what is it going to be? Whatever it is, is going to be him trying to, um, trying to, uh, you know, roll through the, the soldier world and the, the, the magic world. And, you know, something's going to have to give. Even they, they said that that's kind of hipped him to it in this issue. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> you could be doing surgery and then, you know, a demonic uh, invasion happens and <laughs> the streets run red. So, which, by the way, always happy to see bats. Uh, bats around 
Um, I think the only other thing that happens in this issue is like Kat Connor's back, whether she's back for good. I don't think she was, but you know, she, I, I, I like that character. So they brought her back for this last issue, I guess to kind of bring it back full circle. Cause she, uh, Steven ends up helping her with a thing, which almost sounds like a, something out of a video game. Right. Weirdly enough. Uh, and then they kind of, you know, he helps her out with the thing and then she helps in turns help him out <laughs> getting his internet straight, I guess. <laughs> right and i thought it was a pretty novel way to use her abilities to uh benefit dr strange in this particular uh task right you know uh yeah. you know i always joke about how you know god forbid they go to visit reed richards or tony stark or even Lu- uh, lunella lafayette right it's like ah you know magic so <laughs> right or even riri yeah so it's like which he's recently you know dealt with so i'm like yeah, I'm like, okay, sure. Get the which, you know, I'm sure, you know, if things hadn't happened between them two, they would probably be more friends than what they, you know, what sure. What their their tenuous relationship is now. They they seemingly go on a, a um you know, on a um They seemingly part on a relatively yeah, like uh amiable terms. Right. So. so So that's cool. But that's so that is that, you know, um like I said, oh yeah, and there was also mention of uh, a villain that was in Avengers Loki's Unleashed, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, okay, is there going to be more of that coming? Because they wouldn't have just dropped that again, you know, if that wasn't going to come up to them, which it didn't happen in this issue, so maybe that's something that's going to come up again, or maybe he was just, or maybe that was just a one-off because of the fact okay. that that happened, but it was weird that they would bring that up. I'm like, wait a minute, that's supposed to happen in the, the far past, and they're just bringing it up, even though that issue came up like last week. But the fact that this Dark, Dark Strange happens to mention that this week, you know, and just a one-off statement like, kind of leads me to believe there's got to be something else coming. You know. Okay. Oh, so, who knows? We'll see. Uh, next up, what else did you say to read? Red? I read House of X, Black Cat, Champions and Immortal Hulk. Those are the other ones. Let's talk about Hulk. Yeah, let's talk about that Immortal Hulk. Oh my goodness. Right. That's... So just when you think that uh things were wrapped up nice and clean and uh and in one know, part there is bow tie, right? In a bow tie. Uh Al <laughs> Ewing, who I did see at I New see York Comic Con tonight, um, I got him to sign a Valkyrie number one. Oh nice and I applauded him on that. Wait, Immortal had... Hulk? What's that? Not a Mortal Hulk. I had him sign a Mortal Hulk number uh, one last year. Okay. Okay. So I mean, I could have brought you know like another issue, but I I I, I couldn't choose. I was like, sure. you know what? Let me pick out something that needs a little bit of support. So I pulled out the Valkyrie and I applauded him on it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he and he was uh, very thankful uh, uh, for the support. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the book that we're talking about, Immortal Hulk number twenty four. Yeah, as I mentioned, um. Just when you think they're they're wrapping this up, you, um, Al Ewing throws you a curve. Um, the curve basically starts, and and forgive me for bringing in baseball because you know everyone apparently hates baseball. Screw all you non baseball people. <laughs> um, Sports ball, you know, um, you know, even even PCN underscore Dirty loves you know soccer. I mean, not football, but. Um, but uh, but what's funny is that Al Ewing throws a big bending curveball that's breaking across two planes because mm. we 
get references at the beginning to not only historical uh, uh, events involving galactic, pun intended, scale people. Nice. But also, um, uh, fantastic level people, <laughs> all the way down to one Bruce Banner, and how all this stuff kind of uh, run parallel to each other. How these things run parallel to each other, and how they are maybe related to each other. And holy cow, is this mind-bending to read on the train home from New York Comic Con. Yeah, and that one, as I said in my notes, one you would want to read while you're eating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't so bad. That part wasn't so bad because I uh, think... could. I mean, for some people, it could be. like right. I was like, okay. I mean, I could I could have done it, but it was like... I, and I was actually reading when I started reading it, uh, eating when I was started reading it. I was like, all right, I'm going to go away from this book for a sec. Right. I mean, there was some... There was a great... you know. No, no, no. Oops, sorry. Wrong it was one. a pretty graphic. Uh, Just in case. Sure. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It was a pretty graphic battle between um, uh, General Fortean and um, and the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And that we boy, finally get a resolution here. Mm-hmm. It's not unexpected, but at the same time, um, there's a lot of foreshadowing as a result of... Um, uh, the the Hulk's battle with General Fortin. Mm. Yes. Shout out to Peter David and George Perez. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> nice. So yeah, and going back to the um, the connections that were brought up at the beginning, like I feel like, and and I could be slightly off on this one, but the Galactus one I was like, wait, I don't remember that one going off specifically like that one. Meaning with cos- with with uh, with cosmic rays. Like, I know, you know, what happened to him when he was off on his thing before he turned into Galactus was lame. But then, you know, you in this issue, you see somebody kind of come to him. And that part was kind of, I think, I want to say that part was something that kind of happened. That did actually happen at some point. I mean, not at some point, but at the point where, you know, he became Galactus. But the whole thing with, hey, the Cosmic Rays, you know, in his origin, going into the Fantastic Four's origin... Uh, and then going straight into the Incredible Hulk's origin, which was not cosmic rays, but gamma rays, but still, you know, a, a source of radiation, which is all connected. Um, I think that was also their illusion there. And then pivoting to the end of this book, where we see the end of basically the end of time, uh, and this cosmic entity coming back again, where the only people left are weirdly enough. Bruce Banner and a freaking member of the, the GLA. Right. Which I'm like, huh, that is a, again, uh, in a, in a book in a universe with a bunch of weird pulls lately, that was a weird pull. That was pretty interesting, I guess, for like a better word. And mm-hmm. also one uh, that seemingly kind of plays, felt like it plays into speaking of the history of the Marvel universe. Because Banner did kind of mention something like, oh, yeah, well, um, Franklin Richards was supposed to be here, which if you've been reading uh, History of the Marvel Universe, is basically Franklin, an older Franklin Richards at the end of quarter quarter at the end of time or nearest the end of time talking to Galactus. Right. I mean, what we've come to understand about Franklin is that he's apparently one of the most powerful. Uh, he's definitely the most powerful mutant. And he's one of the most powerful 
you know, sentient beings in the entire universe. Which is still kind of weird considering uh, Fantastic Four is playing the like he's losing his powers. Well, so, that's just a temper. I know, you know but I'm just saying, but the fact that that's going right. I know, but the fact that that's going on right now and knowing that this is that his status, what we knew of previously, is still kind of untouched. Right. It's kind of set in stone. It's just, you know, this is just like the road. This is the pathway, right? Right. So at some point we'll figure out, like, okay, something's clearly going to change with him that's going to put his power set back to what it was, or maybe his mental blocks will be, you know, come undone or something. We don't know because I, I totally forgot about, you know, what that whole deal was about. You know, but like I said, in Fantastic Four, he's they've been playing and like he's been losing his powers, but sounds like that doesn't it's not the case. But anyway, regardless, uh, at the end of this book, we find out that Bruce Banner dealt with uh, Franklin and Galactus. Yeah, there's a lot. I think there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. Oh, totally. Uh, I I totally want to speak to. What's funny is that I spoke to Al Ewing at the end of the evening. You know, Artist Alley shuts down at eight o'clock. You know, an hour after the, the the show floor. But a lot of artists are. You know, they're they're in from out of town. They're uh, they're trying to make their um. They're trying to make dinner plans, mm-hmm. and a lot of them don't stick around until the very end unless they absolutely have to, like they're trying to finish a commission or something. So the folks who are in Artist Alley, including the writers, you know, like Al Ewing, um, tend to, you know, bust out, you know, maybe a little earlier. But I did have a chance to speak to him about Valkyrie, and I regret not having read this beforehand because I would have asked him all the questions <laughs> about this like what does this mean he probably would just answer exactly just, yeah you know, there's, there's no wait really until the anything. next issue you'll see right but i was flabbergasted on the way home reading this it was really really interesting <laughs> yeah i was like host oh, now um i almost i almost called this my uh my backup click of the week because this was so good but this is a potential know, definitely I, yeah house of x is it was huge so yeah and I don't know, like I said, it's potential. It's, it still could very well be because of everything that happened, especially leading up to, you know, whatever the, that whatever happens at the end of the book, whatever that means for. Because I did see an article where this got brought up, um, but that is basically in the future. But it still, I guess, it still means something. Mm-hmm. But it also means like, well, there was a future where it was the maestro and not just you know. A, a basically seemingly Hulk taking over Bruce Banner that still retains all of that. We don't, yeah, like I said, there's, there's a bunch of meaning in that whole thing and what right. happens like at the we, end. I was about to say, we didn't ring the spoiler bell, but we yelled out spoiler enough sure. um, to talk about this because that's what I was referring to when I was talking about Peter David and George Perez. Right. And there is... You know, you know, we understand the maestro in that story comes to a, a, a certain end, but obviously the character lives on in Contest of Champions um, and, and other, you know, in other alternate realities. So, you know, we'll see where this particular uh, story goes. But uh, I was thinking of Contest of Champions. The uh, Kablam was the ones who do, who who are doing the the mobile game now. So, gotcha. That was one, but that was another couple of them anyway right i mean i don't remember the last uh maestro comic book appearance but i do remember he led that uh that contest of champions title when they relaunched it the one that i believe al ewing did that one actually 
I think so. Yes. So yeah, that might have been the last time he's been around. Uh, there may be if there was something since then, I don't remember it either. Um. So yeah, this is this was a big deal. <laughs> like you know, I don't know if you're just kind of coming into this book, you know, and not seeing where it started and where this is. It's like, huh. Like this is something, and you might not be able to scratch what scratch what it is, but it's like, yeah, there's there's more to this clearly than like even if you've been on this book for for the whole time, like there's something big on this. Yeah, because this is the this is the this is the book that sets the stage for the next big story arc. Because we thought that dealing with Fortean would you know would kind of finish off um, you know a story arc, and we'd get a brand new issue with a brand new direction. Nope. We threw it right into the middle of this one. Yeah, and turns out, and speaking on that, yeah, the the I guess present day Hulk, uh, Immortal Hulk, has uh, got a got a new job, got a new uh, got a new base, and got some to, to got some new digs to go along with it, that plan that he's been working on. Sure, and a new chair. Yeah, and a new chair, which you throw some swords on that, it almost almost would have been the Iron the Iron Throne, I guess. <laughs> I don't even watch Game of Thrones, even though I know that. But anyway, so yeah, that was a Mortal Hulk. I don't know if you've got anything else. No, that's it. Yeah, so, but this is this is this is a book. Yeah, if you're so, not a Mortal Hulk and you kind of like a horrorish kind of book, and hey, guess what? It's October, folks. So yeah. you should check this out. All right. Um, do you want to do rapid fire now, or just talk about these last two books we have in common? Then you'll just rapid fire everything else. Uh, yeah, we can talk about these last couple of books. All right, so Black Cat number five. You know, I love a heist book. I love the heist story. And it continues and to be good. This heist story has gone off the rails. As the um, last few have. <laughs> and uh, it's it, it's hysterical because it's one member of the Fantastic Four, Black Cat and her crew up against Blastar, Blastar. and his minions. Right. And Blastar... It's powerful enough to take on. I, I distinctly remember uh, issues where I mean, this was during this is post um, uh, siege of uh, Avengers Mansion, mm-hmm. um, where it was actually an eternal story where um, um, it's it, it's after. Um, the the siege of Avengers Mansion and um, Hercules is all uh, um, all messed up uh, as a result of it, and uh, the Avengers are in space, and they they come upon the Eternals and Blastar, and Blastar basically, you know, takes it to Thor, right. takes it pretty to much handles the whole half the team. Yeah, right. He is not a joke when it comes to being a powerhouse. And it's Felicia Hardy and her little crew of um, of uh, support people, you know, the people who support her uh, thieving ways, and the Human Torch against Blastar. Yeah, and the first one out of the pocket is <laughs> is Human Torch, so which leaves right. basically um, Black Cat and her crew, and the other guy who's after her, um, to to uh, to deal with Blastar, and they do. Which right. I don't know if that says more about them or less about Blastar at this point. It's just a story. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, it's yeah. it goes whoever writing whoever writes the stuff can kind of exactly. things to the way, but still, you know, it's entertaining because um, 
Black Cat's crew make some use of what's available at Four Yancey Street to um, to to help at least uh, not take out Bl- uh, Blastar, but uh, but but Get throw him, him back through right back through the uh, negative zone portal. So right, I mean, so but but it also says things like, hey, look, just because you're strong doesn't mean you're you know, just because you're not strong doesn't mean you can't handle a situation like that. It just means you got to figure out another way to do it outside of just brute strength, you know. There's other ways. There are different ways. As Black Cat said, there's different ways to handle situations in the course of this book, uh, or at least in the, especially in the course of his issues, which that was a problem that he was talking about and dealt with at the same time, which was slightly amusing. But yeah, and um, funny enough, the the fight with Blastar wasn't the scariest person they ended up meeting during the, <laughs> coming up upon. Oh, the scariest person they end up meeting is the most powerful member of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> right, which was said, you know, um, Felicia did mention last issue. Was like, yeah, I don't want to, don't you know, don't want to run up on that. And they end up coming back and kind of cleaning up and dealing dealing with uh, <laughs> shooing everybody out the house with sit with the exception of Johnny and just, you know doing whatever so yeah this was a good issue but then the only thing uh, with this issue we found out that um the head of the thieves guild found out that uh black fox is still around so now that there's a new uh so now there's a new wrinkle yeah there's a new direction for the story so you know and obviously they're still there I, I believe they're still working they still on, on that big heist yes yeah, related heists that the Black Fox is uh, directing them on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I continue. You know, th- th- this book continues to entertain, and mm-hmm. that's important. Yes, exactly. So, we're looking forward to more. I don't know. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to be like I don't know how long this book is going to last, but whatever. But let's face it, it is, it is a thing. I feel like at the very least, it'll it last be. as long as people are buying the J. Scott Campbell covers. Yeah, oh no! I think we can pretty certain that's not true but yeah that's that's a true there's a there's an avenue there but you know i hope it gets a pretty good run because like I said, it has been entertaining so far and it could potentially be continue to be entertaining oh oh and actually wait that cover is misleading i, I wanted to to mention that i don't Which know why this issue uh, this issue i believe yeah oh with the nine wait hang on a second i mean i'm not talking about it Oh yeah, so it is misleading because it has um it is totally misleading because it has Spider Man on the cover and you know, and Felicia. Spider Man doesn't show up. And I know that that is a thing that's coming up soon, so I don't know if that was a question of uh you know, sometimes covers uh, covers and in, in, in insides don't exactly match, but they were supposed to go at some point. Yeah, I was about to say this one is more of a uh design than anything. Yeah, so because you know because of the nine lives theme, right? So I think that's I think that's what the the, the covers uh you know portraying as opposed to you know what's in the story. Yeah, you know it'd be nice if it was in the story. Oh, I mean, like I said, we know this. That is, I, I kind of doubt that because I know this is it is already we've already talked about this is a story that is coming up with them two involved together in something. So I think I don't know it may have been just a miss. They're probably a month off on the cover and they just ran with it or something because sometimes they would they would pull it back up it's neither here nor there at this point but you know it's just sometimes you look at a cover and then look at the insides it's like that doesn't match up mm-hmm. anyway next book uh what was your other book you said champions Ah, uh, yes so boy did this read book read like an ending of a volume yeah 
and I, you know, I'm sad to see this this one go because yes, this is definitely the last issue of Champions. We kind of, I don't know, it some parts of it before even this issue kind of felt like this was that was the case, but right. I didn't want to believe that. But um, yeah, so um, half the team had been taken over by Black Blackheart, and uh, this issue, you know, that all gets undone, and the, the team ends up going from fighting each other to fighting Blackheart, and then having Korean barbecue and yays and hippie skippies. Whatever happened in this volume got resolved in this issue. Yes. And although I know, feel like there's still something that was unre- unresolved, but maybe that was something from last volume that just you know got swept. Whatever, whatever big you know uh, story arc Zub wanted to tell, he basically resolved in ten issues, and you know I guess it breaks down into what two five issue trades, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, something that. I was about to say it's just a shame that uh, it wasn't able to continue. Yeah, like I would have because I en- I enjoyed you know this version of the champions and the young folks uh, doing their thing and it, like it was a good book. It was a good book before Zeb came on. It was a good book when he took it over. But you kind of felt at least I did kind of felt like well Zeb's coming on and now it was like they're, they're just kind of throwing something together to you know. To end on a to end this book on, I guess I don't know. But even though they didn't, if that was, but if, if that was more of the case, they didn't have to change volumes, which they did with this one to to do that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I hate to see books books go, especially you know good ones like this. But it is the case. Now they do say at the back of the uh, issues, like yeah, even though the book's ending, they will be around for that next event that's coming in December. So there is that. So the champions are, are going to be around. But whether they're going to get another volume anytime soon, who knows? Um, oh, and the only other thing is, and this will be a theme. You didn't get a chance to read Ghost Rider, did you? Nope. Yeah, okay. So Mephisto shows up again. Of course. Yeah, except for if you had read Ghost Rider and no, and, you know, coming from Damnation, which we've talked about before. It's like, wait, why is he showing up in so many places when supposedly he's diminished? Getting- Basically, or in or actually, I think at the end of Damnation, he was in jail or at some point around that. But we'll get to that when I talk when I uh, talk about Ghost Rider. Uh, so if that's it, I we can go into rapid fire, spinning it up. <laughs> oh dang it! I didn't get to read um, Transformers Ghostbusters, and I totally meant to. Um, anyway. Lois Lane, number four. I like this book. I really do. I So I caught up with this recently. Um, the weird thing about this and the last issue is, like, so this is a 12-issue miniseries. Uh, I guess they call it a maxi series, but it's technically a miniseries regardless. Um, and it kind of reads, which makes sense, kind of reads like Gotham Central, which, again, makes sense because Greg Rucker wrote partially on... Um, Gotham Central, and even the art style kind of evokes that. So it's basically Lois Lane, you know, off doing her journalism stuff, and you know, there's some, you could say there's some real world parallels uh, going on within some of the, but she also has um, uh, Renee Montoya riding with her as the question. Um, and I'm just going to give a little bit back of a story for her last issue, which is that um, Superman shows up because Lois almost gets shot 
but the it is not known whether the target was her or somebody she was meeting. But between her and Renee Montoya, the things were dealt with. Superman kind of swooped in almost literally uh, and kind of, you know, showed up as showed up. Uh, and all of this is kind of in the midst of a scandal that Lois has, um, has gotten into. Well, not necessarily got into, but I guess was a part of because there was a picture of her floating around kissing Superman. So, you know, most of us readers know that she's married to Superman, but the general public in the universe don't know that. So it's a big scandal for her. So him showing up in this issue after something happens that when she's involved with kind of puts more fuel on the fire and they have this big talk about it, which almost got Renee Montoya uh, involved in, but she was like, no, I'm going to go meet you at the hotel. And then she ends up speaking of uh, Renee Montoya, who is the question still um, meets up with, a very alive Vic Sage, the original question, who I know, I think he's been around in a couple of books lately, right? I think. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I feel like he's shown up somewhere because we, there was a question we had is whether uh, in the beginning of this book, whether it was Renee Montoya or Vic Sage, which we found out quickly that it was from Renee Montoya, but we also the Vic Sage has been showing up in another book somewhere. Regardless, those two meet up. They have a little sparring match in the last issue, and then they start talking. You know, Renee now knows that he's alive. In this issue, they still continue to talk. Um, Superboy John kind of shows up at the beginning of this book and has a very uncompromising in a very uncompromising uh, position um, that some would say starts could start off appointing, but we won't go that far. Um, so Lois and John are talking. Legion of Superheroes gets brought up because we know that's where he's going to show up. But that, which is the weird part about this because, you know, I figured they could handle that kind of stuff someplace else. But they chose this book to kind of say, hey, hey, mom, I'm going off to, to Legion of Superheroes, basically. So like, well, you got to do what you got to do. So that happens. And then Ren- Renee Montoya and uh, Vic Sage talk. And then... They go meet Lois, who apparently knew that Vic Sage was still alive, but Renee didn't. And, they, and then Renee and Lois have this big talk about, hey, look, truth, you can't handle the truth type situation. They literally uh, mention you can't handle the truth from um, um, the movie. I can't remember right good now. Man. So, yes, thank you. A few a good, good men. Yes. They actually mentioned that part and then they go and... and you yeah. can't handle the truth! Exactly. And then Lois goes and hips Renee about that and then Renee is like, look, okay, I need the truth here. So Lois kind of was like, look, only three people, two, three people, two people know the truth, the 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 solid truth. Um, uh, and do you want to be the third? And then that's where the book ends. Uh, so I'm assuming that truth has to do something with because this is mentioned earlier in the issue about what happened. Well, they don't mention it, but when. Lois and John were talking. They were basically mentioning what happened. They were kind of alluding to what happened when they were in space with Jor-El. I don't know what happened there, but I know that that played out someplace else. Cause I, and I'm not up on that. But they they talked about that, and we also know that this Clark and Lois are not from this universe. So I'm assuming that's the big thing, truth that she's talking about. I don't know. We won't know until next issue, unless there's something else that that's. That she almost she basically wanted to give um 
Um, she basically wanted, almost wanted um, Superman to tell Renee Montoya her secret. I don't know why, but, you know, I mean, there's they're the secret, or his secret, rather, because apparently she didn't know he's Clark Kent. But it was this was a, like I said this was an amusing issue and I pretty uh, I pretty much enjoyed it. And I'm I'm liking this issue so far too. Uh, Young Justice number nine. <sighs> okay, so in this issue, I, I enjoyed this book, but man, Bendis, Jesus. Uh, so we get Teen Lantern's um, origin story, which again, so I, I'm going to preface this: Bendis has co-created. Some characters of color, Miles Morales being one, Riri Williams being another, and there's now this teen that oh, and actually, uh, Naomi, he's also part of that. But I haven't read Naomi, so I don't know really the backstory on there just yet. That being said, um, Bendis has this stupid thing that's almost can be considered a pattern where in the origin stories of a couple of the, the young people of color, specifically girls. Uh, that he has co-created has had to have something to do with gun violence. And I don't, that makes this so stupid. Like, why are you doing this? Like, yes, he's, he has adopted kids of color, whatever. I don't care. But I'm like, why are you doing this? Like Riri's, you know, his dad and her, his best friend, her, bet, her dad and her best friend got shot, blah, blah. And her, that's all in her story. She's still dealing with that and that kind of stuff. Teen Lantern, basically in, in this issue, spoiler alert, um, Kind of like how Jordan comes across a dying uh, Green Lantern. She does too, but except for she sees this Green Lantern get basically taken out by some dude with a gun. But, and okay. this Green, and this, you know, and she's in like Bolivia or someplace uh, with, and she was with a friend. Uh, but this Green Lantern doesn't necessarily have a ring. She has this, he, uh, he has this backpack with a gauntlet. So that is potentially like it's either imitating or tapping into the Green Lantern energies. We don't know that just yet, but it's basically hacked uh, Green Lantern lan- Lantern uh, energies, whatever it may be. So clearly, that's going to be something that's going to be talked about, and she doesn't know what it is. But basically, that's pretty much her backstory. I'm like, why do you always have to put, you know, these? Why do you have these young people? You have to make have to have gun violence in their in their in their origin story. Makes no sense. Again, I don't know about Naomi's, and at least with Miles, he didn't kill off Rio until later, but he did still do that. But that's a whole another thing. Anyway, then that got reversed. So, so, so the, but the rest of the issue is um, the rest of the team end up finding uh, the multiverse. I'm out to the multiverse, but they want to clean it up the Earth there they're on now, and there it goes from there. Uh, deceased number five. I'm still enjoying this book. So the the short and skinny on this one is like it seems as though they're after things have gone happen and including uh, Captain Adam blowing up basically three cities, which apparently Tom Taylor loved to do because he did that in in Justice starting off. But um, uh, Captain Adam got infected, blew up three six cities. But of course the um, the Daily Planet. Yes, today the planet. I almost keep calling one to call it the bugle. Got saved because of uh, Black Canary with a Green Lantern ring, so you knew that was going to happen. But they go on to try to, um, you know, start society over again, and, and you know, Poison Ivy's taking over Gotham, so they see, try to seek some asylum. Them, Dame is taking over the Bat, you know, Batman persona. Um, so they try to, you know, get society back together again, and they go left to do that until halfway through the issue 
where um <laughs> where things start to get better but then get worse because after a nice taking down of Luther by one Lois Lane who was talking smack about Superman um he gets killed by one Martian Manhunter and then Barry Allen the Flash gets infected all the same then runs off starts infecting a whole bunch of people and then as that article was uh, alluding to earlier which I did, was didn't want to talk about then um Superman makes the ultimate sacrifice to deal with Barry Allen and he himself gets infected, which means they're screwed. <laughs> and that's where the, that's where the, um, that's where the issues end. And I believe this is the penultimate issue because there's like one more left. So, um, we'll see how that plays out next issue. Uh, contagion number one, which is coincidentally the Marvel's version of something similar so we have, um, basically, as I say in my notes, the thing in FF get involved with an underground viral outbreak that somehow came from Kunlun, which means you know who is going to be getting involved soon. And that's pretty much the short and skinny on that one. It is what it is. Uh, Fantastic Four number 15, I know you were going to read this, so I'm not going to spoil it for you, but they're still continuing that mission that they were on that was um, the finishing their original mission but apparently this is a twist and uh, i want you, i think you will probably enjoy this there is a kind of a 60s era kind of telling to the story and i i, and I kind of appreciated it okay um apparently let's just say the ff are the bad guys um through the through the whole of the story and uh johnny may have found himself um a, a playmate who as I say in my notes, at least it's not a scroll. But then, uh, but then I go on to read um, Fantastic. Uh, excuse me, Future Foundation number three, um, which I did not know that at the time there was going to be a tie to what I said in my, in my Fantastic Four notes. Because so Future Foundation basically are still trying to get away from this planet. Who they're you know they broke out somebody. We get a backstory of Ricky Barnes, which I told you last week was you know or last not last week but last mm-hmm. time this happened you know. She was a deep pull from the onslaught days, but apparently um, they have enriched her history because the the character has shown up a, a couple of different times that I am aware, of, at least one of the different times that I'm aware of. That they basically do a good job of bridging a whole bunch of timelines where she shows up, and then they put her in this, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure, and even mixing in some Secret Wars and the the first arc of Fantastic Four where the Never Queen, you know, when that whole thing came up, when they were still out in the, um, the multiverse. So they kind of blend that stuff kind of together. Um, and, but in, at the end of the book, um, as they're trying to fight and, uh, and the, the maker still trying to do his shenanigans, Yondo, uh, spoiler alert, is not who he says is because Yondo has been kind of rolling with the group. But it turns out that um, Leela, Lita, the scroll who married Johnny, <laughs> ends up being, uh, ends up, uh, being Yondu in disguise. Okay, nice. So, so I was like, wow, that's a pull. So, so you know, for future people who know who Lita is, you know, and, and I just kind of said basically who he was, but who knows that history? Right. Now you have to go back and 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 and, and check out those issues as well. Right. Although they have been poking fun at Johnny's, um, right. Uh, 
history in I believe the most recent issues of Fantastic Four. So. Well, they did, yeah. When um, yeah, when they went off the honeymoon, they they brought that back up where you know where you right. the scroll. So yeah, let's see. We did House of X. That Ghost Rider number one. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to you to you, what you what you think of Fantastic Four number one. And if you, I don't know if you were reading Future Foundation by the way, but yeah, you should check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Rider number one. So. Okay, so I have to preface this a little bit. So, because there's a mention of there's stuff in this uh, in this issue that gets referenced in or vice versa that is referenced from uh, Absolute Carnage, and apparently oh, there was a, okay, yeah, because apparently there was an issue, there was a a one shot of from Absolute Carnage that Ghost Rider shows up in. Weird, because we had discussed whether or not uh, the Ghost Rider stories that we were getting in Adventures were going to lead into this book. Well, but so it, and it does, and it actually oh. does, because at the end of this issue, there's a like a basically a checklist of uh, of um, books that he showed up. Yeah, of oh, like a reading order, Avengers. maybe. Huh? Yeah, kind of a reading order, because yeah, because apparently the the Avengers book is there. Apparently, he showed up in Punisher. Um. And there's another book I can't remember that was referenced, uh, but yeah, so that stuff is definitely was kind of leading up to this, and okay. and I think there's another book after this where there was on that reading order also, but uh, and that and that uh, ultimate that um absolute carnage, I don't not gonna say it's required reading, but if you kind of care about what happens in that issue that they reference in this one, you may want to. I went back after I read this one to see what happened in it, um, and I was like, huh, weird. And all I'm gonna say about that particular issue, because I think that I don't I can't remember if that came out this week or last week, but regardless, um, it's weird because something happens to a Ghost Rider in that book that happens to another Ghost Rider, but ends up killing one of them, but not the other. That's all I will say about that. So anyway, back to Ghost Rider number one. So, uh, and 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 also in that uh, absolute carnage. Sorry. Uh, at the time, who's this is also written by Ed Brisson, which this book is also uh, at the time. Apparently, Johnny Blaze was stuck in hell, mm-hmm. um, so he sent Danny off to help this other Ghost Rider, and that went supremely not well. But in this issue, Johnny somehow finds his way to Earth because some demons were trying to escape. So he goes to like on Earth to round them up. He tries to go in and list Danny Ketch, who's like, nah, I'm 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 trying to get out of, get away from the girl rider because hey, I killed my mom's got killed and I couldn't even bear and all this kind of business. And he's drinking his life away, but he's got a bar. Uh so they have a little talk about it. Um and then, you know, Johnny goes off to try to catch uh these other and then they talk about what happened in um the Absolute Carnage book. Um, so like I said, I wasn't sure of the timeline until I read that, which was kind of weird still. But anyway, Johnny goes off to do his thing. Danny goes off to his mom's grave, and then he gets visited by the coach of his mom, who tells him that, hey, hey, your boy ain't right, and then, you know, whatever. And then we see Johnny at the end of the book, and uh, there is a backup story that sounds like it's alluding to more secret history of Ghost Rider. And I'm not sure if that person who shows up in that backstory uh, is someone we know, but I think it might be. I'm not sure. I don't know him because my history on Ghost Rider is not 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 that fluid so it was a it was interesting book i'll check out the next issue um it's definitely an ed brisson book meaning this kind of action kind of focused but you know there is something to it i guess and that folks is that for me 
So, All clicks right. of the week. Clicks of the week. Oh, so we do have Tim's and uh, and yours also because I get because yeah. Right, there was definitely a, 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 a long period of time where I was not sure if I was going to make it to tonight's show. Right, I was at a, a, a panel at New York Comic Con called. Um, I want to get the title right because I've been to this panel. Maybe not all eight years that it's been going on, but most of them. Is it that hip hop uh, channel you have, panel you're talking about? Right. I just want to get the the title correct. Sure. Um, it is. Um, where is this? No, you know what's funny is that there's still there are panels going on until ten fifteen. So I have to scroll up a little bit. Weird. I kept going all the way down to. Um, Actually, no, that's that's Friday schedule goes all the way to 1015. Yeah, you know, New York Comic Con goes late, man. Mm. Uh, there was actually something with M. Night Shyamalan um, oh, at the Hammerstein Ballroom uh, that went until 10. It wasn't at the, the Javits Center. But yeah, I was at uh, the Hip Hop and Comics Cultures Combining Panel. So nice. Who was on was the panel? Sure. What's that? Who was on the panel? Uh, Patrick Reed. Um, he's the one that moderates it. Uh, Adam Walenta goes by Illis. Um, this, uh, uh, this DJ, DJ juice or jazzy juice. Um, there's a, there, there's a couple of names that I recognize. One gentleman who's on sway in the morning. Okay. Who, uh, used to be with the track masters. Now the track masters are, uh, back together. Um, Weird. Yeah, no, and, and, and a couple of comic book and a couple of artists. So it, it's a, it was a pretty interesting panel. Like we've had uh, Pete Rock, we've had Chuck D, we've had uh, DMC show up. Mm. So, but uh, it was kind of weird that it was on a Thursday night. It's usually on a Friday night, right? Was there Ed Piscor on that? Was uh, around there or no? No, Piscor only showed up to New York Comic Con once last year. He's not there this year. Gotcha. And I was sad I missed him last year. But um, come to Heroes, he's usually there. Yeah, no, he's he's big on uh, some cons, you know. Yeah, and um, and what call it? But uh, you know, like I remember when I spoke to him at the signing that he did years and years ago at the now defunct Bergen Street Comics, that uh, he wasn't so big on coming to uh, the city and like doing like the big big cons. So I can I can understand that actually, but you know, uh, he's but, also I think he's also I think working on some new stuff now that um, right. Marvel stuff is done, right? So, but, but yeah, uh, yeah. But clicks of the no, week. Go ahead. No, I was going since you already got yours. Yep, I'm good. My uh, click of the week is House of X number six, and that also ended up being Tim's, which <laughs> at this point, surprise, surprise. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. But it was good. So I'm mean, like, like I know, I keep saying it every week, but you know, hey, look, that that book continues to be good, so. Um, for myself, I don't know, it's a weird one, because like I said, the, the lowest lane was actually pretty good, but I, I feel like that one's a, kind of a, a for me, and kind of made me want to go back and read Gotham Central, because I enjoyed that book. Um, I, yeah, they are you know, just for the mention of Oslark, that one doesn't get it. Um, uh, you know what? Immortal Hope, 24. There you go. Nice. Boom. Like I, I said, that was a heck of a read on the way home. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm mad at myself because I didn't get to read, like I said, Transformers, Ghostbusters, or or Star Wars again this week. Because uh, I know that one came out, but yeah, maybe I'll do something. I, I don't know if you're gonna promise that. But I keep saying I might do something on the weekends, and I never do. Um, so yeah, so that is that. And if you don't mind, give us another ad read to, to yeah, us out here. I'm doing. You know which ad read it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if I'm in a hurry, because I literally have oh, a couple things to pack up. And you know I've got to I've got to adjust my uh, my uh, my cargo load my comic book load for uh, Con Friday at uh, New York Comic Con, uh, and uh, I'm I still have to uh, knock out an Inktober drawing for day th- um, for day three. Yes, check uh, out check out uh, Agent Underscore Seventy's uh, Inktober uh, Instagram for uh, for his Inktober offerings. I'm trying to get some good stuff so far. And I'm and and I'm and I'm already behind because I'm already you know broaching into day four, so I'm a little late. But I'm gonna knock it out tonight and uh, maybe get a head start on day four um, as well. So you know what ad we get to when we are trying to rush? Keep Amazon. our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. <laughs> Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would. Whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or paint markers from Sharpie that look good on comics when you sign them. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the comic book chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. This was a weirdly long one, and it didn't tend it to be. But and you know, I'm not even going to go to the logistics of what could have happened. But regardless, uh, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnerds Need on Twitter. Hopefully, a site coming soonish. Newsnerds Need's got a Reddit. You can go check that out. Uh, you can also check me out at CB Caps on Instagram. <laughs> Eight underscore seven on Twitter and Instagram. Like I said, go check out his Ink Ink Temper, Inktober, Inktober stuff. Inktember. Ink what am I doing? <laughs> um, PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and as umbrella sites therein. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles. Um, account uh the click nation that's d-k-l-i-q-n-a-t-i-o-n and the click nation.com and of course uh comic resources ways over to right in his face off and he's busy as hell this yes, week. yes we've had he's had a couple of issues i mean a couple of um articles that um you know that we've talked about and being that new york is in new york comic con is in full swing there's much more stuff to come yes so go check him out get him some clicks read his stuff it's good doing good work over there uh, you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. Also, you can find us at Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Out Podcast for whatever the time being, uh, Spotify, and the coast of the podcast network's Spotify, um, SoundCloud page. And we will be back next week with more New York Comic Con goodness and a recon recap of um, Agent Underscore Seventies shenanigans. And maybe we'll try to get uh, Matt on if he's available. I don't know because I know he's sure. floating around. We'll have plenty of talk. We'll have plenty to talk about from yes. the people we meet online to the people we meet at the con who we want to meet at the con. <laughs>
Indeed. So until then, join us back uh, again, 9.30-ish on Thursday evenings. Hopefully we actually will start on time like we normally do. If not, you can catch us on the auto version a day or two after whenever they decide to put us out. Uh, And in that case, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. We're out. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman that you are really hired, Mr. Stark?